Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. You get 16 final exams in this league every week. And, uh, yeah, it's a test. The first three games were a test, and the next 12 after this will be a test. And these guys are really good, you know. Uh, they've put up the numbers that you're alluding to. And I think what gets lost in a little bit is who they've put it up against. You know, they've put it up against three teams that um, most people had in their bucket as Super Bowl contenders. And uh, they've gone out there and played really, really well, set some records, personal records. They're throwing it around and moving the ball on offense really, really good. I'm going to do whatever they ask me to do to the best of my ability. So i got to continue to study. And if it's not the plays, it's, it's studying more film, studying more defenses, um, watching other guys across the league, see what I can pick up on. So, I mean, the, the studying and the preparing and just trying to be um, the best you could possibly, it doesn't stop every single week just because they, they want to condense the game plan or play faster or, or this and that. So um, it doesn't offend me or affect me at all. I, I, want, I want to play well. So whatever they think is is best for this offense. I'm, I believe in that, and that's what I'm going to do this week. For three games in a row now, they've put up a lot of points and a lot of yards, um, and so that'll be a big test to our defense. As an offense, we, we, again, need to control what we can do, and that's getting better in the red zone. Um, we are getting first downs, but we you know, we need to understand that first downs don't don't help win ball games. You know, we got we got to put points up. So, um, in this case, when you're dealing with one of the number one, I think maybe the number one offense in the league, they're going to put up points. They're going to score. Then, you know, offensively, you got to hold up your end of the bargain. Or you don't get touchdowns, you get field goals, you won't win the game. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, welcome on in. It is week four of the NFL season. Fred Hubner along with Steve Mongo McMichael. And we're here to break down the Bears and the Tampa Bay Bucks. We will talk with Jenna Lane, a Bucks reporter for ESPN NFL Nation. Mongo's Man Ups around 1030. Yurko's Uh-oh. Keys. We got Mark Potash from the Sun-Times joining us at 11. We'll take a look at the other NFC at North games coming up at 1130. Uh, Mongo. The Bears are two and one. They've won two in a row. Boy, and everybody's excited, Freddie. I come down, come up fifty five. I had to take Cermac. The uh-huh. traffic's backed up so far. Yeah. Now that ain't happened in years, no. my friend. No, because you know game day. I usually go drive by the old girl and get the juices flowing. Didn't get to today because they're excited. Yeah, they're very excited. Uh, Bears fans, after a uh, win last week, it wasn't the most exciting victory in the world. But a 16-14 win over Arizona after you give up uh, two first-quarter touchdowns and the defense shuts them down the rest of the game. Listen, I want to talk about the three guys that we just had talking on their interviews. First, Fangio, Fangio. Trubisky, and Nagy. Every game's a final exam, and it's been a long time since he's been to college, hasn't it? (laughs) Yes, it has. Every exam you take in them semesters, that's not final exams, but they, they add up to your final grade, don't they? Yep. Well, that's not a final exam, baby. (laughs) <laughs> now, Trubisky, please shave that neck beard and start looking sharp. Come on, don't you want him looking like Kyle Orton? Because when you look sharp, you play sharp. Or you don't. You get to disadvantage everybody looking at that scrub. Yeah. Don't look like a scrub and play like one. You get, you get cornhole, baby. Well, hold on. What would you say to Ryan Fitzpatrick now with that bush that he's got on his, his neck? Well, no, you know what he did? This thing was longer... 
when he's winning. He shaved some of that off last week. Now you just shaved off the tip that was good luck. Probably. You know, because the longer things go, the more you're enabled to get luck into that. Uh-huh. Well, you shave off a little bit of it, there goes the luck that was coming. Uh-huh. So thank you. Okay. Moron. <laughs> thank you for there that. There we go. Uh-huh. Felix. He's Felix got it down. In for Eric. I want to make sure he's got he's, that moron button. Now, now Nagy <laughs> saying, if you don't score for first downs aren't important, my eye. If you've got a good defense, please get some first downs. Yeah. And maybe they'll score a touchdown and help you win the game, huh? Yep. You know, the most important thing when you've got a good defense, keep the chains moving. And that means no turnovers, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That mean, the bottom line, chain's moving. Because if you turn the ball over, the chains ain't moving. All right? Right. Everybody thinks no turnovers by Trubisky. You know, if he stands back there and they got a goal pattern, he throws it 50 yards down the field and it's intercepted, that's good as a punt. And sure. Then, just don't throw little short interceptions on your side of the field, please. Yeah, like the one that was tipped by Chandler right. Jones and all of a sudden. I know Chandler Jones is tall, but if you got to throw that little little swing pass, you got to get it over him. Well, my goodness, and he's he's thinking. I got you know. I don't blame him. Well, for you said it though. He's thinking. Yeah, he's thinking too much, and he's got to go out there and play. That causes hesitation, doesn't yeah. it? And when you hesitate, what happens? No, kaboom! You, yes, kaboom! You can't, you can't hesitate in this league. Ooh. Players do fast. Yeah. Yeah. What it is, what I agree with him, he's got to study more film uh-huh. and study more players around the league and what they're doing and try to assimilate that. And you know why, Fred? We got a new system here. Takes a while. Yeah. I mean, he ain't been in the same system for four or five years and got that down. I mean, look at this. Don't look at this like, oh, he should have, he should be better than this. He's in a brand new system. Yep. And really, a brand new baby wearing diapers in this league. Uh huh. Come on now, guys. Give him a little break here. Last Monday night, I was out at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub in Joliet and had a chance to sit with Trey Burton for an hour, the tight end for the Bears. And I asked him you about the You mean the, the new second system. string tight end of the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes. Okay. Who came here and made lots of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is good. It works. Oh. And he's he's also caught one of the touchdown passes that Mitchell's thrown, that little shovel pass. Yeah. Um, but I talked to him about the new system, and I said, it's a new system for everybody. And he stopped me. He said, well, not for me. He said, the Doug Peterson system, about the same thing. He said, the only thing is that the um, some of the phrases and the lingo yeah, the is terminology, different. Right, you know. terminology is different. But he said, for everybody else, it's brand new. And it takes a while to learn this system. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody but Khalil Mack, when you just stand out there and rush the passer, please. Please rush the passer every down. Yeah. If Fangio thinks he's got a defense where he's going to put him in coverage, a moron. See, he wasn't that quick on that one, was he? No, no. <laughs> ah. He still missed it. Ding. I'll do it. There we Thank go. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, and the thing with uh, the thing with Mitchell Trubisky is, oh, speaking of watching film, you can watch all the film you want, but you know what? The last two games I sat and watched, I watched one of them on highlights, but I watched every single play of the game, and it was last week's New Orleans Saints-Atlanta Falcons game. Yeah. Up and down the field. Offense is just throwing the ball all over the place. And then that game on Thursday night with, with the Vikings and the Rams. Talk about a display of offense. 
just the, you know, Jared Goff's just dropping back, and there's guys wide open all over the place. Yeah. Every single place they're well, wide open. You know what you learn on film? You learn what the guy's philosophy is. Uh-huh. What he's going to run from one play to the next, and third and ten, what formation, and what play's going to come out. But you are not going to learn the speed of the game, Fred. you got to learn that in practice. Watching film, it's like watching NASCAR on TV. You know, you can see every car going around a circle. Now, go watch it live and see how fast that's happening. That's unbelievable. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah. It's a blur. Yes, it is. You know, understand the blur I'm talking about to everybody that Trubisky sees right now. He's live at NASCAR. He's not watching it on film no more. No. Or on TV. Wow. Every guy I got a sideline pass to, and, you know, I got so many that the Bears started saying no, so I went to the press and got the press pass that you tape around your leg yeah. and told Belushi, start wearing the camera to fool uh-huh. him. Like Belushi's going to fool him. Sure. <laughs> but he still got on sideline. Every one of those people, the first thing they would tell me, good God, I didn't realize how fast you guys moved around. Yeah. Because they're seeing the blur. Sure. All right? Now, Trubisky ain't there yet because he's... He's looking at film thinking that's getting him ready for that. No, it gets you ready for the philosophy of what that defense is about. Right. You know, when they're going to blitz or when they're going to play man or zone, but it don't get you ready for the speed, baby. Uh Uh-huh. One of the questions to uh, Matt Nagy the other day about Mitchell Trubisky, they asked him if Mitch is playing loose right now. You can tell sometimes if a guy has something on his mind or he's not thinking, you know, typically – more things happen in practice where you just say, you know, something's not right, and I haven't seen that with him. He's, he's, uh, I have, we haven't had any of those days where you just say to yourself, man, this is crazy. We, and and typically you'll you'll know that if you see that with a quarterback, with with a guy. Just for me myself, dealing with Alex for for uh, for five years, um, every now and then you might have one of those days, and that's that's okay. But for the most part, you don't you don't you don't see that. And he hasn't had those. So he's he's he was hemming and hawing a lot. Then why didn't they let Smith go downfield for five years? Well, you know what? He was one of them actually last year. He was one of the most accurate guys downfield. Well, well yeah, because nobody thought he was going to do it. And he did, and it worked out you know, really well. this is kind of like what we're going to deal with today. Nobody realized Fitzpatrick can go downfield and drop the ball in the, in the bucket, baby. Yeah. Now, you shut that off. What else they got? They don't have a running game, I'll tell you that. There's I, none at all. I promise you there's going to be plenty of zone coverage with safeties over the top today, my friend. Uh-huh. Especially with you Prince Mukamara out. Uh, and they call it zone blitz. Let's see it. Yeah. Because what else? They got receivers that can go get it. But dinking and dunking, that's what we want them to do today, Freddie. Yeah. Well, and, and then make tackles because uh, O.J. Thomas, their, their tight end, is uh, a guy that can catch the ball yeah. and, and go. And he's got a 75-yard reception. Look, I think he has another 70-yard. Many tackles. Right. A little quick crossing route. That's like in, way back in my youth, you tell him, oh, you're going to the strip joint. Don't spend no money. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't have the propensity to do it. They're not taught the dance anymore, Fred. Well, they got to make tackles. And if you lay out and like a spear, like you've grown up being taught right. penalty. So, you know, they got the, you know, just like we're talking about Trubisky, you see him thinking, and that leads to hesitation. Yeah. The same thing with tackling now. Well, am I in the right position to do it? You ain't. It's yeah. too late. Right. Once you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, you see that guy, it finally happened. The guy was taking the quarterback down, 
and in the process thinking, I, I can't land on him, put his leg out to catch himself and tore his knee. Yeah, you saw that at the Miami game. Oh, my guy. God. Uh-huh. Well, thank you, NFL. Yeah. Thank you. You saved him a bruise and cost me my career. Right. You protected Boy, the quarterback. Great. You protected the quarterback, and all of a sudden you, you lose one of your pass rushers yeah. because of that. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's the catch-22 of this is going to go on now. I wasn't sure how we'd get to this, but we got to it because Nagy was asked the question about the, the whole roughing the passer penalties right now because Packers got called for it again you know, last week. You don't think a quarterback is all for that? Oh, they love you it. You know where Nagy come from, don't yeah, you? Yeah, the quarterback. Okay. Let's see what he has to say. It's it's obviously a, a gray area for, for folks. I think that right now with with the uh, with the refs and what they're being taught to call, um, it's it's – it's not easy for them, and but it's not easy for the players as well. So you you, you understand that you, you can totally feel for where Clay's coming from. With I mean, the guy's playing hard. He's he's playing hard, trying to make a good tackle, uh, something that he's done all his life. And and now there is a new rule that's enforcing those type of hits on the quarterbacks, trying to protect that position. And um, and so there's there'll be I'm sure I know there's lots of talk about it and what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing, and everybody's going to have their opinion. But the fact of the matter is right now, that's the rule. And uh, I guess over time, the more of these examples that we have, um, whether it's this year or next year, next year, then they'll wow. either adjust it or keep it. And then guys learn. Did you see the NFL competition committee just came out and said Clay Matthews Jr. hit on Kirk Cousins was not a foul? Uh-huh. Well, that's why the game was tied. Because that was an interception. The game is over. Yeah. Yeah, it was an and that's a foul. They keep the ball and go down. Game tied. It says here. Should they, should they just go give the Green Bay Packers the win instead no, of the title? No, leave. Them They're tied not going to do that, no, are they? Uh-uh. No. The Packers have been called for a league high five roughing the passer penalties this year. Their most in a season since two thousand two, and we're only <laughs> we're only three games in. Okay. Well, there's twice as many. Yeah. It says Twice here, as many this year as last year in Bono. Yeah. He says here that he had four penalties like this. Clay Matthews, he had four penalties from 09 to 17. <laughs> from 09 to 17, and he had oh. none in 14, you, 15, 16, and 17. None. And now he's got yeah. three. Do you know where this, that they should go by weight. How much you weigh is how much you can fall on the quarterback. Because I used to be on piles, and I knew when William Perry was on the top. <laughs> Squish you down, please. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. But Clay Matthews, 250 pounds. Yeah, that's not. You can fall on a quarterback and sure. not hurt him. Yeah, with all but the padding got, they've got. But it got 300 pounds. Oh, it's going to squash you. One, one of the advantages, one of the things the Bears defense is doing well that not a lot of people have been talking about. Um, now, they've been talking about the quarterback hits. They've got 22 quarterback hits. They have 14 sacks. They have no roughing the passer penalties. None. Despite the fact that they've hit the quarterback 22 times and they have 14 sacks, and almost, and almost none of them from blitzes. I think one, well, the last one of the game last week. That's because Goldman and Hakeem Hicks ain't getting there. And, you know, our little linebacker, Mac, you know, he runs back there so fast. And yeah. You're running past the quarterback if you don't grab him. Yep. Here's the other good thing about this defense, and you see this from defenses around the league. Penalties all of a sudden it puts them their uh, themselves in trouble. The Bears defense has just three defensive penalties, the wow. fewest in the NFL. Wow, three of them. I did not know that. Yeah, man. and they're the only team in the league without a roughing the passer penalty. They're the only team in the league without an unnecessary roughness, and this is the most important. See if it changes today. They're the only team in the league without a 
pass interference penalty. The only team in the league. Now, does that mean they're playing good defense? Does that mean they're not playing good defense? It, it means God has blessed us <laughs> Bear fans this year. That's what that means. It's really tough to play three games in the NFL and not get a pass sure. interference call. You know, every now and then there's, there's some anomalies in your life that what usually happens don't happen for a while. Yeah. Enjoy those times. I could not believe it when I read and, that. And say your hosannas because it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll be coming. And today is the day you, you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the Bucks still have not really officially announced that he's quarterbacking today because Jameis Winston I love can, it, can be active today. Okay, Jameis Winston can be active today, and there are reports that actually they considered Dirk Cutter actually considered pulling Ryan Fitzpatrick last week because at the end of that first half, yeah, yeah. he threw a couple of those interceptions on Monday night and made it interesting. Now, if something like that happens, you might see a Jameis Winston, but. Ryan Fitzpatrick has done something in the first three weeks that no other NFL quarterback has ever done. He's 400 yards. He's thrown for 400 yards in three straight games. Uh, 417 against New Orleans. Pretty bad defense usually, or at least it has been. But you figured they got better. Uh, 402 yards against the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. And 411 yards against Pittsburgh last week. You know why, Fred? He's the backup quarterback... And then when you're game planning a defense, do you think, oh, we better get deep? Or he's the backup quarterback uh, in that offense and yeah. their philosophy, they're going to run the ball more. And they can dunk with him to try to win the game. They, they're going go patterns, yeah, wide open, baby. Yeah. And it didn't, you know, they were guarding against in that first half. Yep. He was throwing nice ones, too. I mean, some of the passes, the passes he threw to Deshaun Jackson in the last couple of weeks, what he's been doing with Mike Evans. Mike Evans has a bunch of catches, and he's been playing well. And again, like I said, the tight end there for Tampa. These are They've got a lot of weapons that the Bears are going to have to defend today. But who's the running game? I wouldn't have Peyton eight. Barber? Would you have eight in the box today, or would you have a safety deep? At least one. Yeah. Yeah, Peyton Barber's a running back. Jacquez Rogers, a guy that the Bears are familiar with, uh, he is their backup running back. And, uh, yeah, they don't have a lot. They do have even their backup uh, tight end, their second tight end, Cameron Brait, can actually catch the ball. Um, but the Bears have played very, very well defensively in the red zone. They've allowed only four red zone opportunities this year. So even when the Bears haven't given up points, it's been a little, from a little bit deeper. Once they get their red zone defense out there, they've been playing well, and it's, it hasn't been all that often. So this is a team that the defense is probably ahead of where we thought it was going to be. I don't know what you thought it was going to be coming in, but with the addition of Khalil Mack, there that's, you go. that's taking it to the next level. A guy like that's worth two or three wins a year, baby. Before they had him, you know, I wasn't picking him to have a winning season. Uh-huh. I am now. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. This is uh, Vic Fangio. We heard one comment from him earlier. We'll hear from him later on talking about Eddie Jackson. But Vic Fangio talks about one of the things he likes the most about his newest linebacker, Khalil Mack. What I've enjoyed most about him is this guy does not have an ounce of prima donna in his body. And uh, he's a joy to be around. Um the other players like being around him. The coaches like being around him. So, I mean, besides his talent and production, which everybody sees, I mean, he's really a breath of fresh air to to be around on a daily basis. Now, I guess uh, you'd be a breath of fresh yeah. air too if you made his cash, wouldn't you? Well, no. <laughs> you know what this means in modern day football? He's got ninety million dollars guaranteed. Now, what has Fangio seen out of guys like that? 
usually guys that have Diva. Ad- yeah. All right. But at his first press conference here in town, he made me proud. You know what he said? I ain't I ain't about what other guys are about, you know, who makes the most money, right. is the most famous or legend. He said, I want to be the greatest of all time. And that means playing. Sure. Not who got paid the most. Sure. Woo. There you go. Yeah. And now you doing, got something. Yeah, he's been doing a great job about it. And you know the nice part is, is when you have a guy that's the leader of the defense and has that attitude, that has to change some well, of the other attitudes on the look, team. You better believe when I walked into Hallis's office when he signed me to my first contract, he told me, I heard what kind of ass you are in practice. Don't change. <laughs> you know what that means? That means everybody else around that, instead of getting their butt embarrassed in practice, yeah. they're going to ratchet up their intensity. And now we're playing the speed of the game you're going to see on Sunday. Sure. Realize that's when you learn. Did you call? You called him Mr. Hallis, right? Papa Bear. Papa Bear? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you be, better believe it. That, I mean, that, I, you know why I called him Papa Bear? I wish I'd have been born into his family, brother. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little, uh, just a little trace yeah, of the bloodline uh, is all you uh, needed. Uh, yeah, give me a little cut of that two point five billion dollars. <laughs> that's not bad. Oh, yeah, that's not bad at all. That's you know, that's hundreds of millions, my friend. Yeah, thank you. It is. Thank uh, you very much, there, Papa Bear. There was a former quarterback who had some opinions on Mitchell Trubisky, and also a uh, a broadcaster who, and you know, broadcasters, we we're, we're crazy. We have all kinds of uh, opinions, favorites so, and non-favorites, yes. and. So we'll hear from we'll hear from Dan Orlovsky, a guy that was an NFL quarterback, backup. Remember him being up in Detroit. Uh, he is yeah. now with ESPN. He is one of their NFL uh, analysts, and also Charles Davis, who you see on broadcast throughout the course of the season. They both have thoughts on Mitchell Trubisky, quarterbacks, huh? Well, one of them was Orlovsky was well, Charles Davis was well. Yeah. well. The quarterbacks are going to take up for each other, brother. You better believe that. Oh, well, you come you on. Might, you might have heard this already. Come then. on. <laughs> they there ain't no quarterback that's ever been born that thought he needed a defense to win. Yeah. You oh, hear me? I know. All I know. Right. That's, that's the bottom line, the problem I got with them. Yeah. Well, we'll hear from him. We'll also hear from Lewis Riddick. We'll preview the other NFC North games. One of them obviously was already played. The Vikings were playing the Rams. The Vikings had some problems trying to slow down Jared Goff and company. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll hear from Mitchell Trubisky throughout the course of the show. Jenna Lane, the Bucks reporter from ESPN NFL Nation, joins us at 10 o'clock. Mongo's Man Up's about an hour from now. Let me tell you what. Who would you pick as the Super Bowl team's Right now. Who would I pick as the Super Bowl teams right now? Well, I'm telling you who mine are, the Rams and the Chiefs. You know, they're, I think they're playing in Mexico in a couple of weeks. Well, that's a Super Bowl preview right there, my friend. Yeah, we'll talk more about that and much more after this. You're listening to ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. <laughs> Sounds so much sweeter when the Bears are playing well and they're two and one, having won two games in a row. Get ready to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up at Soldier Field as the people are all tailgating along the uh, lakefront. Fred Hubner, Steve Mago McMichael getting you ready for the game. A noon kickoff, and you know after all these other starts, Steve, you had the you had the uh, Sunday night, you had the Monday night, you had the three twenty five start. Now it's. Oh. 
noon kickoffs, noon kickoffs, wow. and you get all ready and you get excited about this, and then next week's the bye week. So <laughs> well, you play the first four and you get a bye. At least I don't have to come down here in the marathon and walk two miles. Yes, you're right. Wow. I'll be down here talking, no doubt. God bless you. Talking baseball playoffs, and hopefully uh, hopefully the Cubs are involved in them still wow. at that point. Well, they got the, they got the wild card cinched. Yeah, I mean, they do. One, yeah. I take heart, Cub fans. How many years did you have to live in anonymity? Yeah. No playoffs at all. And now they're all bitching about, oh, we can't win the division. Yep. You're in the playoffs. They'll play, they'll take be, heart. They're playing this afternoon at 2.20. All the teams in baseball playing at the same time uh, this afternoon. And then... If there's still ties, because there's a tie in the National League West with the Dodgers and the Rockies, there's a tie in the National League Central with the uh, Cubs and the Brewers. If they remain tied tomorrow, there's two more game 163s. And then the National League wildcard game is Tuesday. (laughs) So two of those teams, if that all plays out, two of those teams then have to play on Tuesday to try to get it to the division series. So. Yeah, when are the Cubs going to play that tiebreaker break, tie with Milwaukee? Because that's going to happen. It'd be, it'd be tomorrow uh, tomorrow at either uh, 3 o'clock if it's the only game or noon if there are two, two games. Yeah. So, And I tell you this, uh, who would you take in the playoffs? You know, the, the Brewers are on the, on the upswing here, and the Cubs you are know, kind of faltering. It, it kind I don't of, care who gets in the playoffs. Who would you pick to go on into the next series? It's it's tough because the yeah. Brewers are hitting and their their bullpen's yeah. doing well, uh, and they got this this guy. You know, you look at it and the way that they've Christian Yelich and Javi Baez have been battling for the MVP. Yeah. Christian Yelich just this week, yeah, he had two homers on Friday night. He had a game winning homer last night. And um, you Listen, know, never forty-five thousand. It never ceases to amaze me in that baseball playoff. It's the, it's the team that's on the rise, and usually it's the wild card team. You know, the wild card teams win just as many World Series as a division winner. Yeah, you can do that because you know you're playing good ball getting yeah. into the playoffs. Yep. The uh, the other thing too is you look at it, and this goes to show you there's 162 games in baseball. And the next time, when it comes down to one game, the next time I hear someone say in April, well, that's okay, it's early. Or in May, that's okay, it's early. No, no, no. Every single game means something. And I've heard so many people say, well, you know, you can lose a game here and there. No, you can't. You can't lose a game here and there because if you do, you end up like this. Tied. 162nd day of, you know, a game of the season being tied with another team. And you want to win it. You want to be Boston. You want to go out and win every damn game. Win 100 and some games, and then you're pretty much safe. So we'll see what happens later on today. A 2.20 start for the Cubs and the uh, Cardinals. Cardinals got eliminated yesterday, so they're not... The last couple days, they still had something to play for. They got nothing to play for right now. Remember the good old Ozzy's white socks? they, They... they blew that out, and them pitchers were nice and rested. And oh my goodness, they all threw shutouts. Yeah, I know that's something we'll and, never and see again. And complete games, yeah, four complete games in a, cha- in a, in yeah. a championship. You got to play that tiebreaker; it screws up your whole rotation for the next series. Yeah, it it does. The one thing is, if they have to play the tiebreaker against the Brewers, they can have Jose Quintana, who's pitched really well against Milwaukee, so he could pitch in you're, that game tomorrow. You're still a fan of his, aren't you? 
Well, because he pays for the socks. I try, but you know it's not easy sometimes. Jose's been giving it up at times. Yeah, he's uh, been. He, he went to the Cubs and stole money. Take heart, you ought to be happy. Well, you know the, the White Sox traded him, and the White Sox yeah. got some really good prospects. Yeah. We'll be seeing for years and years. It's, it's just like what makes Bear fans happy when I said, "Well, I was no good no more when I went to Green Bay, so I stole their money, whipped them again." <laughs> sure, that's what King Thomas went to the Cubs. Yeah, that and, works. And Hugh Darvish. Yep. Oh, well, my God. You know, Joe went opposite of what he came here and put in place, didn't he? I mean, that's why they've lost for years. They're going to go reach out. Oh, he played great somewhere. Now come here. Well, he's already through. Yeah. His career's on the down. Get him, you know, farm system and new pitchers that them batters they never seen. Boy, imagine him striking him out. Yeah. Yeah, Darvish shouldn't. Well, but not baseball. Darvish, Chatwood. Huh. Yeah, didn't do the job. You can't even block the plate no more. No, let's not get into that. And talking about football's gone sissy. Yeah, you can't take you can't take Come out on. a guy at second base. Come on, um, Dan Orlovsky, a guy that played in the National Football League, usually is a backup quarterback around the league. But then he decided, you know what? I'm tired of getting hit and huh? making money. I'm going to go talk about the game. He works for ESPN now. He's going to join uh, Kaplan, David Kaplan, and Kaplan Company on a weekly basis. He was on earlier this week, and he said, and. You nailed it. He said, as a former quarterback, he's still optimistic about Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, I'm still very high on him. And uh, a lot of the reasons are because of the pieces that they brought in this offseason, like everybody knows. Um, You know, I I think the thing that's getting lost a lot with Mitchell Trubisky is he's essentially a rookie all over again. And you have to take away last year because of what was around him and the archaic aspect of his offense and just throw it away. It never happened. And so he's really three games into his NFL career uh, handling an intricate offense. The, the, when you watch him on tape, um, the, the biggest thing for me is he has moments where it looks like he doesn't trust stuff that's happening. And when you're in this moment of learning a new offense, learning its terminologies, learning the information that you're getting at the line of scrimmage and your teammates and, and where should your read go and whatnot, what you're trying to see – it could cause you to be a little tentative and not trusted at times. And so that's, he's just going through that process of can he truly trust all the unique things that this offense of Matt Nagy's brings is bringing to the table? Can he trust all the information he's getting at the line of scrimmage, whether it's man, whether it's zone, all the little details. And sometimes he just needs to take a deep breath and just believe that the play, as simple as it may seem, is going to be fine. Now, the one thing Orlovsky knows a little bit about learning new offenses because he played for Detroit, Houston, Indianapolis, Tampa, and then Detroit again. Yeah. So he played for five teams. And I take the word for of a guy that played quarterback as opposed to all the fans that are criticizing Trubisky saying, well, he should know the system by now. He's played it He's played it the full three games in. Look at it. Sylvia and his little Sylvia one. and the little guy going Go to the game. Look at that. Hey, buddy. Hey, they have, ma- they have matching vests. Wow. You come a long way, Sylvie. <laughs> come a long way, brother. So, so Orlovsky, you know, I I credit him because, and I hopefully the Bears fans will listen. And you've mentioned it a couple times. About the same the thing blur, I said about when the he's blur. not trusting. Yeah, that hesitation. It's what I'm talking about. It's so difficult for quarterbacks. It's not like you change the system and all of a sudden, okay, here's a new system. We'll put it in. And we'll run it next week. Yeah. No, Patrick but, Mahomes all year last year sat behind Alex Smith. Alex Smith may or may not have taught him anything, but.
But but Patrick Mahomes was there every single day learning that offense. You no, know, he was there in practice torching that defense, and Alex <laughs> Smith wasn't doing it. You understand, Fred? Now, I mean, I can imagine in, in the Chiefs' practices last year, because, you know, he's a second-string quarterback, so he's running the dummy plays yeah. against the defense. Right. You know, you uh, Monday morning meetings, he had done more against that defense in practice than the starting quarterback from the other team. Oh, sure. You better believe it. Yeah, there's no doubt. Holy and, and, cow. And now you see what he's done but throwing 13 touchdowns. This is what I want to talk about, Trubisky, and this Orlowski saying he don't trust the system. Who are you not to trust what the head coach and the offensive coordinator are dialing up for you to do? I, the, do you think you know more than them? The only thing I think is I think he may have used trust the wrong way. I think he meant when he said trust, I thought he meant that he's not he doesn't trust that he knows it well enough. That, no. that where all the Fred, guys are supposed to be. What the blur he's seeing out there, Fred, he yeah. doesn't trust he he's able to throw that ball on timing before that blur of a defensive back gets there. Right. That's yeah. what the time. You know, the rhythm and timing are the untrust, not the play, not what they're calling, not hit, not him him thinking his ability ain't good enough. He doesn't trust where he's going to throw the ball that that defensive back ain't going to catch up to it. He doesn't know that yeah. yet. Now, we heard from Dan Orlovsky, a guy that played quarterback in the NFL, okay? Um, Charles Davis is a football analyst for Fox, okay? Um, I've he, heard him, too. Yeah, and he he has uh, he played he played in college, he's a defensive back for the Tennessee Volunteers, was undrafted in the 87 draft, earned his master's degree, law degree, all that kind of stuff. He was on also. He's a lawyer. Well, he was on also wow, with David bottom Kaplan. feeder. He was on also with David Kaplan, and he talked about the struggles of one Mitchell Trubisky. The Nagy offense is much more geared towards what he did in college than, than, than obviously what he ran with John Fox and Dal Loggins and that crew. So that footwork, those mechanics, should be a little bit more muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's more of what you were used to doing because they're going to cater Charles, to that and play to that. They're a very smart crew between him and Mark Helfrich. I think some of it is still the adjustment to the NFL game. Dan Orlovsky has the right to tell me I'm wrong because he actually played the position in the NFL. I don't totally buy that you throw out the, the entire year. <laughs> it's still NFL football. Right. It's still experiences. It's still pass rushes. It's still all those things that go into it. The footwork and, and learning it under that, that's why I have a little bit of skepticism in terms of that being the issue. I still think it caters more to what he did before. But here's the thing we have to keep coming back to, and it's hard to do when you're the number two pick in the draft. 13 starts in college. So he's still <laughs> growing. I'm glad he brought it to that. Yeah. Getting snaps. Think about guys who came into the league, and Deshaun Watson's team may be 0-3 right now. He had put up a nice performance. How many starts did he have in college? and played in two national championship games. You right. know what I mean? Yep. It's those types of experiences that go along with it. It's the old Bill Parcells quarterback formula that he didn't want a guy who had less than 25 starts in college, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't totally adhere to that, but I think that there's a good basis for it, and we just have to keep remembering that with Mitchell Trubisky. So he originally was critical, saying that he should have learned some of those things he did last year, should have helped him, but then also he gave him 
kudos saying he did play only 13 well, games in college yeah, as opposed he, to what the other guys have done. He countered himself when he said, well, this is the offense he ran in college. Well, listen, Charlie, he only ran that offense one year, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, really, he ain't even had two years of experience in any offense. Yeah. Not at all. And you know it takes at least three years for something to gel, baby. I got some numbers from Trubisky in his first three games this year and his first three games with Dow Loggins offense last year. We'll talk about that. Also, bold predictions when we come back. It's Steve Michael McMichael. Me, I'm Fred Hubner. We're here till noon on ESPN. I got 1, a bold 000. prediction for you. I'm going to be at Mongo's for the game. How about go. that prediction? That's bold right out there in yeah. Romeoville. Can't miss it. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Bold predictions. Oh, bold predictions. This is a newer segment we just started uh, this year. Last week, I said that both Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen would score touchdowns. Cohen was going in, and then he saw the goal line and kind of let let up. And you can't do that in the NFL. He got tackled at the one, and Jordan well, Howard scored. That's what they do in practice. Yeah, you can't do that. You know, it was the greatness of Walter Payton. Every time he carried the ball, he'd sprint all the way down. I don't care how many guys in touch team you're down, sprint all the way down the field. All the way. All the way. So this week, my bold prediction, I think this is a bold prediction because right now through uh, three games, Mitchell Trubisky has two touchdown passes. I'm predicting he throws three today. Three touchdown passes? Three touchdown wow, passes. Wow, that is bold. Yeah, three touchdown passes. I'm making mine easy. That, you know, that means my bold, bold prediction will come true, too. Okay. You know what it is? What is it? My bold prediction that a Cheryl Long Groper is going to play quarterback today. Okay. All right. Okay. That's Jameis Winston, you know. Yep. He's uh, he can be active today. If if your bold prediction comes true, that means we have shut down Fitz Magic. Uh-huh. And they were gonna replace him last week. Yeah, there was a good before chance. Before Jameis came back. Right. All right. Now that first half our defense has shut him down. We're gonna see Jameis Winston in the second half, baby. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. And I love it when a team comes to town with a quarterback controversy. Yeah. Boy, they should be licking their chops. Because, you know, Fitzmagic is in that locker room before the game going, well, if I throw an interception, they're going to pull me. So he's going to be hesitant to throw the ball. Yep. Kaboom. Hopefully he is. Uh, Felix, quickly, you got a bold prediction for us? I do. I've heard your uh, Trubisky three touchdown, and I'm going to up that with four touchdowns. I think Trubisky's going to have a big game tonight. Okay, now we know who in the station's been drinking. Wow. <laughs> we'll see. See, that's why my bold prediction was Howard's going to carry it's the ball bold, 30 though, right? times today. Yeah. Because if Trubisky throws three or four touchdowns, that means he's thrown the ball 50 times. Yeah. Well, that could be. Wow. That's bold. Now, here really quickly, listen to these numbers. Trubisky, in his first three games, he's got a 779 passer rating, 72 a 104 for 561, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That's lower than his three starts, the first three starts with Dow Loggins last year. He was 24 of 48. Look at that, 48 passes as opposed to 104. 348 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Hey, look. This That's is, what they told him last year. This Don't is turn what the all over. the genius prognosticators around town are thinking this guy's a bust. You know why, Fred? Because that, 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 not even an 80 quarterback rating, it means. Well, maybe you they've been taking you downfield and you ain't good enough to see them 20-yard routes. They ain't opened up no offense no. for him these last two years. He's been dinking and dunking. 
and ain't even an 80-rated passer. Yeah. We'll you talk- understand why, why the genius prognosticators are going, you traded up to second, passed up Mahomes for this guy? We'll talk more about the Bears' offense and what they've done so far. But when we come back, we're going to find out more about the Bucks. Jenna Lane from ESPN NFL Nation will join us. It's Mongo and Fred here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. And then hut, and it's on four. Now watch him, he's going. Hut, hut, hut. The most zany, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. NFL Game Day. Good balance. They had a couple nice runs, a couple big plays down the field. Chicago's NFL Game Day. Oh my goodness, what a play! With Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael. Hut, hut, hut! And then hut, 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 hut! On ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. God have mercy. <laughs> God have mercy. This, get, this one gets you every week you, with the, with the, with the John Madden. Everybody out there realize... <laughs> The, who he is and the way he says things, you can tell he was an offensive lineman, can't you? <laughs> Realize that. Well, and you know, you also hear John Gruden in there. By the way, Fred Hubner, along with Steve Michael McMichael, we're here for Chicago's NFL game day all the way until 12 noon, leading you up to the Bears. And uh, the Bucks will be talking about the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks in just a second. But you hear John Gruden in there, and he sounds so happy, discu- you know, uh, describing touchdowns, describing big plays. Now, money's a good thing. Money's always a good thing to have. He's 0-3 and the Raiders look terrible. Derek Carr, a quarterback that everybody used to think was going to be the next big quarterback, just can't right. do it. Do, do you think without that money he would have left broadcasting to coach the Raiders? Heck no. That's why, it's not, that's why he's not achieving right now. You understand? It's just like these guys... If their goal is to get guaranteed money and they get it, do you think for one minute that, that you're going to get anything out of them after that? I guarantee you what made John Gruden a great coach is he ground on it, baby. It wasn't about the money. He'd, he'd sleep on a cot. I know. At the facility overnight and yep. grind on it. Before the sun come up, he's already watching game film. I guarantee you he ain't doing that no more. Yeah, I wonder. I really do because the Raiders are off to an 0-3 start. They are struggling. The Bears and Bucks aren't struggling. They're both 2-1, and one and they meet along the lakefront. A, a noon kickoff. Nice to see a noon kickoff for the Bears as they've been playing Sunday night, Monday night, and uh, Sunday afternoon. But now we go on over as uh, the uh, Bucks in town. We talk with Jenna Lane, the Bucks reporter for ESPN NFL Nation. Jenna, how are you today? I'm doing great. My gosh, we really lucked out with this weather because when I left Tampa... It was like 105, so this feels amazing right now. I'm jealous. Wow. I talked to uh, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Times on uh, Friday night. He said the same thing. He said, we couldn't wait to get out of Tampa and come up here, and this is perfect weather for football, and it's got to be, you guys got to love it, as you just said, just a wonderful day, and actually, it probably will help the teams playing the weather like this, right, Steve? Oh, baby, you know that. Definitely. Back in the day, the old record was below 40 degrees. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers (laughs) didn't win. So they usually didn't oh want to come God. up to Chicago in the cold, but it's going to be fine for them today. 
Yes, well, the Bucks definitely. I remember those old NFC Central matchups, and they just couldn't. They just could not play in that type of weather. So they're certainly fortunate, especially because defensive tackle Vita Vea, for instance, you know, he's a guy that, you know, when they when they drafted him, I mean, this is a guy that's like three hundred and and sixty five pounds. I want to say that's what he was drafted at, and for him to be going out there and making his first first. He's not going to be starting, but making his NFL debut today, or maybe he is starting. We'll have to see. But he's making his NFL debut today, and he's a big, big, big guy. Considering that he missed all of training camp, missed all of preseason, you'd much rather do it in these types of conditions and the types of conditions that they faced. Sure. You know, two weeks ago against the Philadelphia Eagles, when it was definitely pushing upper 90s. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Jenna Lane joining us from uh, ESPN NFL Nation. I want to ask you one question uh, because. Obviously, with Jameis Winston out for the first three games, I know he can be active today, and who knows if he ends up getting out there or not. But how surprised were the Bucks fans with, you know, people got to be surprised it's the first time it's happened in the NFL, but what Ryan Fitzpatrick's been able to do? They're definitely surprised by it, and I was surprised too because, you know, last year when he stepped in for Jameis for three games, it wasn't the type of performances that you're seeing right now. The deep balls, he wasn't really even attempting those passes, and it was more of just, you know, he was the reason I think they started to have a little bit of a screen game. Now, of course, you're taking what defenses give you, but I just didn't think he had it down the field. And it was funny, the first day of training camp, you know, he hits Deshaun on, on a 60-yard bomb, and he's joking about how his shoulder's kind of going to be sore the next day. He needs to ice it. He hasn't done one of those in a while. And now that's that's become a trademark of the way they've been playing lately is on those deep passes. And I, I think I know that the, the Bears' secondary is a little banged up right now, so I expect him to test that. Uh, today quite a bit so very surprised though and, and the Tampa fans right now are loving it you know I mean they, they're enjoying this for as long as it lasts some of them even want him to be the full-time starter all year I think that's stretching it a little much considering that we know the cycle of, of Fitzpatrick we know how this goes you remember it when he was at the Jets he had those five five games where he won in a row and I think he threw maybe one pick during that duration and then all of a sudden the week 17 contest against the Bills his former team he goes out and throws three picks on the final three drives and they lose, knocks them out of the playoffs. So we kind of know how this is going to go. It's really, how long is this going to last for? Now look out. Thinking history's going to repeat itself is how to lose. I thought they changed the culture down there. You know, in my mind, why Fitzpatrick, these, these first few games has advanced because Jameis you know, he was sent off. You can't be on the team no more. That That's the reason the second-string quarterback gets in rhythm and timing with the first-string receivers that he don't get to work with if the starter's in camp. Now, that is a direct output of what has happened in his getting suspended, in my mind. Yep, and you know what? I give Dirk, credit, Dirk Cutter a lot of credit for this, and at times I, I was a little bit critical of it, too, because I said, you know what? You give him the first the first snaps of training camp, and you give him all the first team reps. What is what kind of message is this sending to your to your young quarterback, who supposedly is the face of the franchise and in the future? And they certainly committed to that because they picked up the fifth year option. Although they could technically cut him before the start of the new league year, it's guaranteed for injury only, and they wouldn't owe him a dime. But but I have no indication or no reason to, to believe that that's going to happen. But you know, because of all that, I was I was a little critical of it. I said, you know what, this might send the wrong message to your team. But he's handled this, I think, really, really, really well, especially for a coach that one of the things he's always preached to his players has been earn it. That's been a big thing for them, and I think he really is making Jameis earn this. You know, he could have had him as a second-string quarterback in camp, but no. During camp, he was working with the third-string guys, guys that were having a hard time remembering their route, guys that, that you knew 
in just a, a few a few weeks we're not going to be there. And and I think that that I think that humbled him a little bit, and I, I think it made him a better player, and it bettered some of those younger guys out there. Which Justin Watson, we're going to see him make his debut today. I don't know if he would have made the 53-man roster had he not started developing the chemistry with Jameis and getting that confidence going early on. So it's a real interesting dynamic, but I think the team has actually handled this pretty well. And you would think that there would have been a lot of distractions, you know, with the way this whole thing was just kind of hovering. Uh, it was it was the elephant in the room throughout throughout training camp, but I think they handled this really well. Well, you said they handled it well. How about Tampa Bay? Has everybody down there forgiven Jameis for that chair ride thing? No, no. And wow, that's going to be that. tough. Then that's going to be tough. There are a lot of Winston supporters too. I've seen them at training camp. I've talked to them. You guys know, and I know this. There's there's always going to be a real cloud of suspicion surrounding the NFL and its investigation process, especially in this case because you know, unlike with Ezekiel Elliott, where there was more transparency, the NFL really didn't operate with transparency on this one. It was just that the league found him culpable of, of inappropriate behavior in the Uber vehicle. But it was really his word against hers. And, and just there are a lot of people that, that say, you know what, they believe in Jameis. There are other people, though, that say, okay, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. This is the second time he has yeah. been in a situation involving another female. And he's, and he's taken some of the steps necessary to hopefully prevent that type of thing from happening in the future. I mean, he's given up drinking and everything. Not that that's an excuse for anything, but if there's a pattern of behavior, um, then, and of course, Ronald Darby, he hung out with him both those nights, that night in question where he, you know, ran into some trouble. So, but there's there's some people that, that aren't going to give him a pass. There's some people that want the Bucks to get rid of him and start over. And there's other people that, that are you know, willing to forgive or that just don't think that he did anything wrong. And I'll, I'll tell you, if you sit and talk to him, if, you, if you've had a chance to meet Jameis, you would never suspect that. So I think a lot of times, too, people that have encountered him, I think, sort of have a, a certain, a certain um, you know, idea of who well, he is. And so it's, it's really a mixed bag right now, I got to say. You, you just said the drinking. You know what helps people forgive somebody? The 12 steps of rehab. You, has he done that? He has not entered a drug rehabilitation program, to my knowledge. But when we asked him about that during training camp, we asked, you know, and, and, and being in the NFL substance abuse program, it is a confidential thing. But we had asked him if he had entered any type of a program, and that was something he declined to answer. But I know that was something that he gave up, and I believe he gave that up before the suspension was handed down just because he wanted to kind of better himself as a person and everything. And, and you know, now he's a father. He's got a three-month-old son at home. He's, he's trying to take the necessary steps to better himself. And, and, you know, some people, people that are close to him think that he's done that. I have talked to some teammates as well. I talked to Tony Dungy about this as well, because Tony Dungy and him had some conversations about some of the things that he needs to do. One of his teammates, Alan Cross, told me, you know, I really think as much as Jameis, because Jameis really does want to be in the community, and, and he loves working with kids. Alan Cross was telling me, I really hope that he can use this situation to educate younger people. You know, he loves to help young people. And... He thinks that this would be a good way to do it by by coming out and just saying, "Hey, the dangers of drinking, the dangers of of putting yourself in bad situations, and you know how much you want to again because none of us were there, you know, just talking about you know how to respect women." Another couple minutes with Jenna Lane as we're talking about the Bucks in town to take on the Bears. Jenna with ESPN NFL Nation. Uh, they have running backs in Tampa, but they don't seem to be using them much. Do we? Do you expect to see a little bit more of a running game? I know that uh, Ronald Jones is actually, from what I understand, going to be active today. For 
for the first time he's going to be active. It's an interesting situation because they drafted him to be this home run hitter because the Bucks' ground game just once once they realized Doug Martin was not going to be part of their future anymore, um, they they went out and they they drafted Jones. But Jones hadn't been active, which a lot of people were like, "Wait a second, this is a second round draft pick. What's going on here?" But it was just that Peyton Barber, a former undrafted free agent who started last year, he just outperformed him. And, and, and visually, you could really see it. I mean, Barber runs with intention. He runs with purpose. But still, I mean, the Bucks are averaging a little over three yards a carry. That's, that's not good enough. Now, at the same time, they really haven't had to make a commitment to running the ball because all their games that they've been in, you know, week one against the, against the Saints, you know, they got behind on the first possession, and it just became this back-and-forth aerial affair. And, you know, then they were playing the Eagles there, and, and it, it kind of was the same way. And then last week they were playing from behind, so they never really had a chance to get in any sort of rhythm. I think that if they were to get ahead in the game at all, then you would maybe start to see it a little bit. But this is a team that's always wanted to be a balanced attack. We just haven't really seen it, but we also just haven't seen the commitment to run. i got to say, too, they had to make some upgrades on their offensive line last year as well because it just wasn't really cutting the mustard. Yeah, well, get down there. To the Hard Rock Casino, my friend, and tell them Mongo still loves you. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, oh, yeah. I was down there for a Tampa Bay game. They brought the band down there. I'm in a band. We played the oh, casino, wow. and I met all the guys. What a great thing they got going down there. In Tampa. Oh, you know, that's that, awesome. That, yeah, you know, it's, it's been a long time since I've been down there. And I got to say, I don't really go to casinos much. Usually when I go, I'm not going to lie, I'll usually find a bingo room if there is one. And that's usually what I do. Well, I just know. I know that I, you know, I'm not a betting person. I don't trust myself in those situations. I have no problem saying, okay, yeah, you know, this is a player that I would take in fantasy or things like that, but I'm not, I'm not well, like a gambler. So, yeah, when I go down there, I usually go play bingo. Look, this is the most viable thing and the safest thing to tell everybody. I go to the casinos to see the shows. There you go. <laughs> Good idea. There you go. Jenna, we appreciate you jumping out for a few minutes. Enjoy the weather, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right, sounds good. You guys take care. Jenna Lane, the Bucks reporter for ESPN NFL Nation. Nice enough to uh, join us to see. All look, the Bucks reporters are happy. Look, it's 105 down in no, Tampa. They want look, to come up here. Lucky dogs get to be down there in the tropics <laughs> instead of the Antarctic. I, see, I, yeah, I, I, I don't. There's nothing about Florida I like other than a couple would, people I know. Would you rather live on two miles ice deep or all ball? It's so hot. But you can walk in your air-conditioned house. I know. I'd rather have Arizona than Florida. Well, that's a dry heat, and if you're a smoker, it keeps your lungs clear. Well, I'm not a smoker, but it's Why still... do you think Jim McMahon went there? Well, <laughs> there's a reason a lot of Chicago people go yeah. there. A what, lot of what, whatever you're smoking, yeah, it helps. I'm sure it does. Yeah. You know, they have another guy, uh, and I, I forgot that Jason Pierre-Paul went to Tampa. But their line, their defensive line, with him at the, mm. in the end, and Gerald McCoy, McCoy. one of the be- he's one of the best in the middle of that line. Bears offensive line is going to be tested the, today. Yeah, and if you think that Mitchell Trubisky's been, you know, pressured, he's going to really be pressured today. He better get off. They better get him off his mark with some sprint outs and bootlegs. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the kid has shown he's accurate on the run at least. He is. You know, when you, when you, when you bootleg or sprint out, you're reading one receiver that's across, uh-huh. that's crossing, and if he ain't open, take off and run and get some yards. One of the. I thought that's why they drafted this kid, cause he was mobile. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Are you gonna make him stand there like a post? Yeah. No. Come on. 
one of the problems that a lot of people had, and I was trying to stand up for them, but then the people that know more about football than me were were telling me I was wrong. The, the first Who knows series, more about football than there, you? There are people. I don't even know more about football than you. <laughs> yeah, you do. Because well, I'm ver- never going to admit it. The very first series, when he loses the 17 yards on the sack, the people are saying, well, he's got to throw to the hot receiver. I'm saying, well, hold on a second. No, you got to throw the ball away so it ain't second and 17. And when he's getting blitzed from both sides. There, if he throws the ball away, it's going to be called intentional grounding. Well, I mean, throw it in somebody's feet. Well, I mean, I don't mean throw it out of bounds, okay. Fred. Well, so I, that's what I was going with. But they asked Trubisky about it. About the, It was a third down, 17-yard sack, and then it set up a 46-yard field goal attempt for Cody Parkey. I'm sorry. If our $9 million field goal kicker can't make one from 46 yards, we got the wrong kicker. No. How, you know, Robbie Gould's still kicking and kicking good. I know. Good. I know. 46 and he didn't even want that much money. No. So what, what did he do? I know. What, I know. Like North Dallas 40, he was seeing uh, <laughs> Nancy McCaskey behind old Mike's back. What happened? I don't know. I love North Dallas 40, both the book and the movie. I yeah. read them both. My favorite movie. Right. I, I, yeah, I saw Everybody the movie and read the book. That's a comedy. No, that that was a biopic. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Uh, here's what Trubisky said about that third down, 15 yard sack he took in the first series. O line, they we picked it up the right way. I was just looking the wrong side for hot, so I, I was going the other way when I when I should have been going left, and the ball should have went to Tariq on a hot throw. So uh, something simple that I corrected later in the game when we got Tariq on on a completion down the red zone, and, and he almost scored down there. So uh, just learn from a mistake within the game and wow. continue to watch it on film and correct it and. And then just make wow. sure I'm, I'm getting the protection calls the right way so I do know where I'm hot and when I'm going when I am hot. So um, that's, that's now you got me hot. I have to keep getting better at within this offense, corrected it during the game, and I'd, you'd like to see it corrected on the fly so you can God. just uh, not come off the field on third down and put my, my kicker in a tough position right there taking a, uh, a big sack. So it's, Get ready that, that in the booth. Me. Yeah, you- Moron. <laughs> Ding. See? So, like I said, I thought I knew a lot about football, but that, you know, he, he explained there what he did. There was a situation, and he mentioned the, the pass to, uh, Cohen that went for a, uh, first down, but they also did it. I'm looking at the game stats really quickly, uh, because he also threw one to Benny Cunningham. Uh, they were blitzed. He threw one, not the one that got intercepted. He threw one to, to Benny Cunningham to the right side. When he got blitzed, they they knew the blitz was coming. Cunningham made his first play um, in the backfield. He hadn't been in the backfield at all this year, from what I understand. He was there. They called the play. They sucked up. They expected the blitz. They got it. He do- drum- dropped it off to Cunningham. Cunningham got the first down. And that was encouraging to me because I saw that Matt Nagy realized what was going to happen, and he, he was out ahead of it, and so did Trubisky. Knew what was going to happen, got out ahead of it. You know, sometimes you make your mistakes, and then hopefully you don't make them again. Yeah, well, look. If they're disguising a blitz so it confuses your hot read, when the ball is snapped, realize where you see that guy blitzing from, maybe the route that's being run in that area that he's leaving is your hot read. See, that's where my problem was, because they were being blitzed from both sides. It doesn't matter. It's what area that route's being run in where that blitz is coming from, Fred. Okay. All right. Now, both sides, if if one one side is a safety coming and one side's a corner coming, all right? I want to say they were both, boy, it had to be a safety yeah. and corner. You're right. All right? Yeah. That's two different perceptions of where that hot read is. Okay. All right? If that corner's coming, who's going to cover that up? 
the deep safety. Uh huh. Boy, maybe there's a zone, huh? So, but if that safety's coming, there's still a corner sitting there, baby. Yeah. You understand? I do. All right. Maybe if you see the safety coming and the corner is back, then, you know, in between that is the hot read. Sure. But if it's the other way around, that's the go pattern on the other side is the hot read. Gotcha. I, didn't, I also didn't think that Cohen got out fast enough in order for him to even throw the ball because the guys well, that's blitz, timing. The guys blitz so quickly that... A neither, blur. Hey, a blur, huh? Yeah, neither of, oh. them were, neither of them were touched. And they got they met at the quarterback. So anyway, look, you know, as it turned out, Cody Park, he's still in a forty six yarder he's got to make. That's why they call them hot reads, because you know before the ball is snapped, you ain't got enough guys to block the ones that are coming. Right. So you know, there were some times we we're blitzing when I played, and I knew that I wasn't gonna get there if nobody was in front of me. Uh-huh. He was gonna throw the ball so fast. So you come off the ball and get your hands up. Have you seen that this year enough? No, no I, I heard you talking about that last week. Why don't these guys get their hands up? Get your hands up in the air. Because they're so tired you can't... You know... You, Listen, if Roy Robertson Harris, who's already like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, gets his hands up in the air, how's Fitzpatrick uh, going to see anything? You, you know how high you can raise your arms and for how long you can keep them up if you're gassed, while, Fred? Yeah, and while you're trying to run? Yeah, I understand. When you're gassed, you know... But here's what you do. Once you know you can't get any further... Or you're yeah. stopped. Instead of making a move, you got the clock in your head. You know how much time the quarterback's got. Get your hands up uh, in the air. That's why they called the guy too tall down in Dallas. Boy. Too tall Jones. You ain't throwing that out pattern over no. him. No. No. <laughs> there aren't many little screens his way no. either. Yeah. Let's go to Rolling Meadows and John. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, John, what's going on? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for taking the call. You know, I think last week Dravisky showed me that he he's playing kind of scared. He's playing like a rookie. He's playing like somebody that's just learning the playbook. And it showed against that defense, that awful defense that Arizona has. I just think that, for me, I had to go with Tampa Bay today only because they have a veteran quarterback going that understands what they're doing. And we have a young quarterback that's still trying to figure things out and has not thrown the deep ball at all this year to that young to that wide receiver that we gave a two year deal to. He's not used to what he's got going for him. He's not sure of himself and it shows out there. Well and John, we appreciate appreciate the call, John. He did throw a nice pass on a double move to Robinson down the right side. And he did throw a nice pass on a crossing route to Trey Burton. Well, when the defensive back is so far behind, <laughs> he he can throw it. Yeah, but you know those sideline deep patterns. He's not dropping. He can't drop he's it. He's not once. good enough. He's, I know to drop it in the bucket, baby. Well, so how do you, why do you think that defensive back is worried about a behind the shoulder pass in the first place? They just keep running. Yeah. Now, when he gets good enough with his receivers, where he can see the defensive back's hips flipped or not because that's the difference between driving in the bucket on a go pattern or if that defensive back is side by side and all you see is both their butt, right. ch- both their butt cheeks behind a shoulder pass, so it's short. He ain't that good yet. Yeah. 
just imagine when he starts being able to throw back shoulder passes like uh, Aaron Rodgers does. How many years down the road is that? that? That's when those <laughs> double move patterns, there ain't no defensive back in sight. No. We come back. It's time for Mongo's Mad Ups. We do it each and every week right here on ESPN 1000. Mongo's Mad Ups. <laughs> Steve Mongo McMichael brings you his key matchups to today's Bears game. Mongo's Mad Ups. Nobody is tougher than Mongo. Mongo's Mad Ups. Ah, we do it each and every week. Here on Chicago's NFL Game Day, Mongo's Man Ups. I know you look forward to it too, don't you, Fred? I do. Just to re- just to recall, last week was uh, Muffin Top. Mix. Yeah, Muffin Top. Muffin top. And it didn't work. He still didn't do nothing. No. Wow. Well, you, and know, that, you know that I don't understand that either. You got a guy, a bona fide All Pro, going to be a legend as many sacks as he's going to get in his career. Yeah, Mac playing right beside you and you get shut out but that's that's water under the bridge this week baby because you know who my man up's gonna be this week don't you who is it well they they called him q-tip before they took the bandages off the old little broken hand poor little thing mr 94 mr little floyd you understand he's got four tackles this year now look I opened up the sports page, the Tribune, and in there they got the Chicago Tribune. Monsters of the Midway, mind you. Fathead tradables, one free inside. All right, his is going to be 930 this, this month. 930? Why, why, I mean, okay. Uh-huh. Why? What's he done? <laughs> well, they took the Q-tip off your hand last week. What would you do then? Yep. Now, believe me. This Fitzpatrick's coming in throwing for 400 yards a game. We kind of need you this week, son. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You can't philander around out there and don't do nothing but play in front of the camera. All right? You're going to have to get upfield and pressure this guy this week. We need you. Yep. In other words, quit squalling and worrying about your little broken hand and man up. Fred. Yep. Don't you think that should happen? Oh, he's due. This guy is one of the guys they're saying is one of our great defensive players. Yeah. I had broken hands my whole career. Still played. Still made plays. Why Why is that stopping him? Is he not as good as he? they say he is? Are they wishing he can do something? Uh-huh. All right. Because, you know, every now and then since he's been here, he'll make a flash play. But I don't see him all the time. No. You know, you want to see pressures. Yeah, he does. You want to see tackles. Yeah. You want to see a half a sack a game at least. He does have four tackles in, in three games. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's piling on. You know, they call a tackle a half a tackle in your stats. You know that, don't How you? do they? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's weird because he's got four tackles, but he's got six combined tackles. So I guess that's a couple half, of assists. Couple of that's just being standing next to the guy, right? That's, it's piling on. <laughs> okay. Like I told you, I knew Fridge was on the pile when I couldn't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Fridge got an assist, right? For <laughs> assist. <laughs> so, yeah, Leonard Floyd, uh, I, I agree. He needs to come from that right side because you figure... Everybody knows about Khalil Mack at this point. After three games and Tampa, in order to try to protect Ryan Fitzpatrick, is going to have to push a lot of the protection that way. So wherever Khalil Mack is, Leonard Floyd's got to be in the other side wreaking you know, havoc. 
Every now and then, Fangio will put Khalil Mack on the right side and let him rush from over there. Yeah, what's he's that, done it a couple times. What's, what, what's he telling everybody what he believes in Floyd? Somebody got to come over there and spell you and get something done, huh? Is that, is that what that means? Ooh, something needs to be done over there. How many times did how many times did the colonel ever rush from the left side? None. <laughs> I don't think. I was just thinking. I don't Look, think I ever remember seeing him, Richard Dent, over hey, on the left side. And that's what I'm saying, Mr. Floyd. You need to be the second coming of the colonel. Yeah. Get your butt upfield seven yards and pressure that quarterback on every series. Sure. Sure. That's how it's that's it's that easy. you got Khalil Mack over there and you see what they're doing with him before the tight end goes out in a pass pattern. He's chipping. He's chipping on uh-huh. him, which is no which is no favor to that offensive tackle. No, because it's just giving Khalil Mack space <laughs> for that tackle to catch him. Yeah, that tackle can't get right on him. You know the morons thinking chipping that tight is going to do something to him. The who? No. The who? Morons ding on every team thinking There we go. That, oh, I'm going to chip you over with that tight end before he goes out in this pattern. You're just giving that speedster more space to run around <laughs> that tackle. You know, what you should really do is get the, uh, a tight end and a tackle and he, and that, it's really like an unbalanced line. Uh-huh. He ain't going out in the pattern. You know, kind of how they're guarding Gronkowski now. Right. He's like a gunner on a punt team. He's got two guys in his face. Not the one, time, not one in his face and one deep. No. They're both in his face like he's the gunner on the punt team. Yeah. Boy, they're shutting his ass out, ain't they? Bro? Yeah, they are. Well, you better believe that's how to do Cleo Mack. Tying in and tackle, and both of them are on him like he's a gunner. Yeah. And it will come to that if they if the other teams oh, sure get tired of him spoiling their game plan like yeah, he's doing. And, and that's why Leonard Floyd should be available to get to the quarterback. Or one guy yeah. blocking you. Uh-huh. And you go you're gonna be on in the sports page like a cartoon character, one of the best guys on the team. What have you done to deserve that? Yep. Well hopefully a few things this week. Hopefully a couple tackles this week. Well. That'd be nice to see. I'm looking here at the the tackles. Like I said, he's got four, six combined with two assists. Yeah. Well, Fangio's let him off the hook saying, well, it's hard to play with that Q-tip. Yeah. Wow, that don't mean you can't pre- – I don't care if you can't no. – I don't care if you can't sack him with the Q-tip. Yeah. You can pressure him. Then play Aaron Lynch. Aaron Lynch doesn't have a Q-tip, no, God, but he's got a sack. God, God no. He, God, no. He's got a sack. God, no. Please, no. He's got back there. I would rather put Khalil Mack at right in exclusively and let him rush over there. I asked, uh, okay, so you man up for today, Leonard Floyd. Let's see what he does, number 94, rushing from Doesn't the right that side. that make sense? Yeah, from the rush side, right side, maybe the left side, depending on if Khalil Mack gets moved around. I asked Trey Burton the other day on Monday when I had a chance to sit with him and talk for about an hour. I said... In practice, do you ever have to, like, go and block Khalil Mack? He goes, no. He goes, that was the good thing about us signing him after training camp. He said, because I didn't have to worry about practicing against Khalil Mack. He goes, I don't want to hear that out of him. No, I knew, I knew. But he was he was happy that he didn't have to run. See, I don't want to hear he's happy he didn't have to do so. He was happy he didn't have to worry about blocking Khalil Mack. 
What, he see Freddie's going to make him look like crap and he's going to get cut? No, no. he won't get cut. It was just... just it would have helped him get better. It, it might have. Well, why was he happy? It might then? have. That's a defeatist mentality. I knew, Who's I knew as soon as I was going to say you, it. You, well, gonna, if you'd have told me this before my man up, you know who my man up would have been. Well, let's see what Trey Burton does this week. Well, hopefully... He'll do. Uh, he'll actually do something this week, and they got the Philly special, and he'll throw a touchdown pass to Trubisky. And oh boy, they both did something. <laughs> Woo! Uh, somebody asked uh, a good a good friend of the station, John Greenberg from the Athletics, said, "Who's Mongo's man up for the Cubs today?" Mm, who's pitching today? It's uh, Mike Montgomery pitching. Oh, Mike, you, go seven, Mike, <laughs> and then you heal man up. Go at least seven, not four. That would be. <laughs> Don't go four. I think he went four earlier yeah. this week. Yeah. Don't go four. No, 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 you don't want four. We want at least seven out of you, pal. Yeah, at least uh, seven would yeah. be a nice thing. Or you didn't man up. One of the uh, one of the nice things on the Bears defense, and a guy that a lot of people expected, people were always saying leading up to the season, well, you know, it's a good thing the Bears are bringing back their four defensive backs. And I question, is it a good thing? Well, Prince Mukamara. Name him. Well, you got a Mukamara, and you have Fuller, and you have Amos, and you have Eddie Jackson. This one, I go, who? Yeah. It's not like I don't know who they are. I'm just saying, who? Yeah, I know. You understand that question. But Eddie Jackson's a guy that would have had another interception if Khalil Mack didn't jump offside. One One of the three defensive penalties the Bears have. But Vic Fangio, he likes what he's seen from the second-year safety. I just think he's um, made that jump from rookie season to second year, and he's a little bit better in everything, feels a little bit more comfortable in the system, what we're asking him to do. And any time a player does that, they can up, uplift their game to another level because mentally they know more. Their reaction time, their recognition time has Cut him quickened. off right there and let and me talk. That's what he's doing. You want to talk right there? Yeah. You want to? Hear, we'll hear the rest of it later. The <laughs> biggest advantage of a safety like Jackson is the communication he can do with the other defensive backs, so they're all on the same page. Okay. Not him exclusively getting better at his game. Helping everybody around him with their game is the best thing he's ever going to do. All right, now start him up again. Okay, here he is again. I just think he's um, made that jump from rookie season to second year, and he's a little bit better in everything. Feels a little bit more comfortable in the system, what we're asking him to do. And any time a player does that, they can up uplift their game to another level because mentally they know more. Their reaction time, their recognition time has quickened, and that's what he's doing. They got his, his second interception on Sunday, the one that didn't count. What did he do particularly well to be in position to capitalize on that one? He executed right where he was supposed to be. Um, they ran a route that was good for that coverage we were in, and he was right where he was supposed to be, and he plucked it and, and scored, though it got taken back. So I like what Eddie Jackson would have been doing. And when you, draft, when you draft a defensive player from Alabama, you figure things are going to be good. Now, he was hurt. Uh, but he, you know, when he in college, he was hurt. I thought what we saw last year was good, and what we've seen so far in three games has been really encouraging. Well, now why was he in position where he was supposed to be? Yeah, it's because they're all on the same page. You know, for year the, these last double digit losses every year for the last four years, have you seen what I've seen in the coverage that usually beats them at the end of the game? 
some guy running wide open, wide open right? A, mis- a, a mistake in the coverage. Yeah, it means they're not all on the same page, Fred. Which means there ain't somebody like you know Gary Fincic ended his career running a five flat forty, the slowest guy on the defense. Uh-huh. Why was he still playing, and what was the advantage of him playing? Because he was the quarterback of that secondary, and not one play started. We weren't all that they weren't all on the same page back there because Gary was communicating with them where we should all sure. be. Sure. Now, before you get that, all you're doing is playing on your own, making sure you're getting yours right. Yeah. Well, that don't mean they all know what you're doing. That just means you're selfishly playing your position, not making sure everybody's playing theirs out of that too. Because if they don't know what you're doing, how do they know what to do themselves? Get back there and be the quarterback of those four defensive backs that are out there, maybe five right. if it's a nickel. Right. And you're the one that makes sure that everything is going right and there ain't a broken coverage and a wide-open receiver that beats you. Like That's the, the biggest advantage of that safety. Like the first quarter last week when uh, when all of a sudden Danny Trevathan was carrying his Defensive Player of the Week award oh. around with him. And he didn't realize that was his Twice. coverage. Twice. And he's looking at it like, which way did they go, George? Yeah. Which way did they go? Which this way is did what they go? I mean. I can't wait till Roquan Smith gets that green dot on his helmet. Right. When he knows what everybody on that defense is doing, not just outside of himself. Right. It's the same thing I'm saying. You know, Mike Singletary's biggest advantage in our defense. You think he told me what to do up front? No, but Wilbur Marshall, Otis Wilson, and him, before the play started, he's calling out who they, the coverage the linebackers have, right. where they're supposed to be, because he knew where all three of them are going to fit in that. And, you know, Wilbur and Otis needed that. Okay. Because they're out there, I'm going to kill somebody. Sure. And, and that's all, you know, like a guided missile before, you know, the smart bombs, and they get guided them with a laser. I got you. All right? Yeah. That is the advantage. You know, we had, you know, it's three tiers. And who do you think is calling the line stunts and where... Uh, that might have been you. Where Fridge and Richard yeah. were supposed to be yeah. before the ball snapped. Uh-huh. All right, then uh, the next level, Singletary was doing it for the linebackers. That's and then the next the level, Fincic. Well, Jackson got to be that that back level. Yeah. Not just play, knowing where he's got to be. He got to come into the realization. He got to know where they all got to be and call it out before the ball is snapped. So they will know. Hopefully they some, get there. Because you know, there ain't no astrophysicist playing out there, brother. Not on this team. There's some guys that look, you, you see it in their face before the ball snap. They're looking at you with, with wide eyes like a deer caught in the headlights, like, what's going on, George? They need to call. Yeah. They need communication. When we come back, Yurko's going to communicate with us because he left us his keys to a Bears victory. We'll hear those when we come oh. back. Mark Potash from the Sun-Times at 11 o'clock right here on ESPN I, I wonder when he's going to say it's good luck to go to Barleycorns and look up a equal for yourself. And then, boy, you got some good luck the next day. There's a good, good. He knows. Yes, he does. He knows what I'm talking about. He knows. The good right here guy. here on ESPN 1000. The good kid. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. 
Well, welcome back in. Mongo and Fred, we'll hear from Yurko in a second. Bears inactives. Uh, wide receiver Anthony Miller with that shoulder injury. No. Dislocated shoulder. So he's down there. Um, Second pick in the draft. Start doing overhead presses, son. Let's see what he does. Strengthen that muscle up around that joint. It'll t- take over for the ligaments stretched out. It'll take over that tightness. Cornerbacks, Prince Mukamara with uh, an injury, and also Marcus Cooper. Happy that Marcus Cooper is not playing. Outside linebacker, Isaiah Irving and uh, Kylie Fitz. Also offensive lineman, Rashad Coward. And a defensive tackle, Nick Williams. Um, that means that DeAndre Houston Carson is active for the first time this year. And so is wide receiver Javon Wims, who we saw in the preseason, oh. you know, catch the ball a little yeah. bit. So we'll see if that continues. Uh, earlier uh, during the week, Carmen and Yurko here on ESPN 1000 from noon to Monday through Friday. And each and every week, Yurko gives his keys to a Bears victory. Let's give it a listen here on ESPN 1000. It's a very winnable game for the Chicago Bears. Very winnable. But you're going to have to put some points on the board. So here are the keys to the game. Key number one. I need a recognition of the blitz. I need to read the blitz. And this is on the quarterback. This is on Mitch Trubisky. To be able to understand where the blitz is coming from and then to attack where the blitz is at. And what's this, what the Yurko will like? What's the simplest thing? Because you said it earlier in the yeah. week, and then when you went back and looked at the All-22, you yeah. were exactly right. What should a quarterback, like, What are the, what's drilled into them? I'd like to thank Olin Kruitz, too, for posting it online yeah. on, on, the, on the Twitter machine. Because he put it, and it was obvious to every single one. What's drilled into them to beat the Blitz? Wherever the Blitz is coming from, and we had a quarterback say that the other day. Well, Durkin said it, too. Right. Wherever the Blitz is coming from, that's where you go. That's the side you would They're vacating. Simple math. They're scrambling to cover. They're hoping you don't recognize and it takes time for you to recognize that way they can take advantage of you. Where the blitz is coming from, you attack where it's coming from. They're Simple vacating it by rushing you, go right where they just left. And there's no doubt on that opening drive when yes. they sent the house that the easy read, the hot route read was Tariq Cohen right in the flat. That's where the ball should have gone. Yeah. And he's looking right. Yes. Key number two, and he got sacked on the And play. he got sacked, lost Key. 17 yards. Let me do it again. Key number two, deep ball connections. Okay, it's fun to throw the deep ball. And I love throwing the deep ball. But every once in a while, I need to have a deep ball connection. If you're going to throw it deep, allow the receiver to be able to make a play. Whether anybody likes it or not, a ball overthrown has zero chances of getting <laughs> caught. A ball that is somewhat underthrown, two positive things can happen. One, you come back because you're looking at the ball and you see the ball. You can make a catch. Two, you can draw an interference penalty. Okay, so two good things can happen. But never throw it too deep. <laughs> yes, you throw it too deep, there's no chance in right. hell of any of that happening. That ball becomes uncatchable and it's a problem. Key number three. <laughs> Khalil Mack has been a plus for everybody on that defense. It's been a plus plus. Everybody has benefited by having Khalil Mack there. You know the one guy that hasn't done a thing since he's been here? Leonard Floyd. His name's Leonard Floyd. Man Leonard up. Floyd's two weeks <laughs> removed from having that thing taken off his hand. He's no, got he's two weeks shy. No, uh, he's two weeks removed from having the big cast. Oh, the big cast. Got it. The big cast. The huge the got taken it. off of his hand. Got it. He's two weeks removed. He should be somewhat comfortable with the limited restraint system they have currently to protect his hand right now. Okay. I, 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 need to, I just want Leonard Floyd to break out a little bit. All right. I want Leonard Floyd to have himself a little bit of something. He can do some positive things, draw on that positivity. J-Mo. And then maybe J-Mo. find a way to, uh, you know, propel himself with better football play as they go on in the season. Key number four, Trey Burton's got a chance to have a real good game. I don't know if you saw what Vance McDonald did and Jesse James did too. Jesse James also had another catch that was brought back by a penalty. 
the tight end can take advantage of this Tampa Bay defense. Trey Burton's possibility going to have an eight-catch, 100-yard, two-touchdown day. Eight-catch. If, if he could take advantage of the Tampa defense the same way. All the of Trey Brisky's completions today. And teams have been able to pass on this defense. I told you uh, earlier this week that the Bucks, Bucks defense is allowing 7.9 yards per throw this year. That's 29th in the NFL. So teams have been able to move the ball against them. I've got a key matchup. Key matchup number one. Uh, I'm sorry. Key matchup number one. Thank you. Mike Evans, Godwin, and Deshaun Jackson up against the defensive backfield of the Chicago Bears. Without Prince in all likelihood. And Without that means Prince. an undrafted rookie starting opposite of Kyle Fuller. And guess what? That's not, a, that's not position A. You're Every right. once in a while you get thrown into the deep end of the pool. Either you surface and you swim or you drown. So this kid's going to be thrown right into the deep end of the pool and he's going to have to find a way to get things done. Yeah, against one of the best wide receivers in football, a maybe. good threesome of wide receivers. Very and Ryan good. Fitzpatrick's going to have his choice. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, not one of the lads that's going to end up getting nervous. And you know they're going to chip chip in the chair. You know they're going to chip. They're going to pay attention. A lot of the damage that Clomac has been doing has been coming inside, going up outside early, and then rushing it back inside. You know they're going to be cognizant of that, so it's going to be interesting to see the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers handle that. And those are the keys to a Bears victory. That's almost half their show. Wow. Yeah. He was expounding there, wasn't he? Eight catches for Trey Burton. You know, when they were talking about go go deep with the ball because two good things can happen, interference. Yeah. You know, throw it shorter. Don't throw overthrow everybody. Right. You know, the bad thing can happen in both instances that the Bears don't need a turnover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you understand? I if do. You throw it, if you throw it deep and deeper than anybody can catch it, well, that ain't a turnover, is it? But it, there's a bad thing. You know, two good things can happen. You throw it short, but a third thing can happen too. An interception. Yes, it can. We can't have that. No, cannot turn the ball over, man. And that's and that's why he's overthrowing these balls, making sure that don't happen. That's exactly you know right. That, yep. Yes, when he was he was drilled into him last year for twelve yeah. games. We come back. Mark Potash from the Sun Times will be nice enough to join us right here on ESPN One Thousand. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mungo McMichael on ESPN One Thousand and ESPNChicago.com. Teams that have won Super Bowls, we've been defensive teams. Whoa! Helmets out, balls out. Oh my. Keep your helmet on, kid. NFL game day. Oh, big hit. That's bad defense. Well, that was vicious. They win with defense. Chicago's NFL game day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mungo McMichael on ESPN 1000 what? and ESPNChicago.com. Why did that guy have a problem with Vicious? I don't know. You know, the only problem to have out there is if a guy's being violent. Because that's a crime. Vicious is self-preservation, my friend. I still think the best advice you've ever given on this station is when you said, keep your helmet on. That was on that 30 for 30. I give the kids the advice. That's right. That's right. Keep your helmet on. Don't get punched in the face. No. Keep your helmet on. Keep your helmet on, baby. Yeah. This guy is smart enough to be upstairs in the press box from uh, the Sun-Times. Mark Potash, nice enough to join us. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Fred. Mongo, good to talk to you guys. Oh, always good to talk with you. Uh, the Bears 2-1, and one, and it seems like no matter what happens, no matter how good the defense is, no matter how many good things, everybody always wants to talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, we've been discussing it a little bit. It's been a lot of the talk during the course of the week. Um, with what Matt Nagy has said this week and what Mitchell Trubisky has said this week, are you expecting to see a little bit of an improvement with this offense with Mitchell? Oh, absolutely, Fred. I think the, the the offense is by far the focus of this game. 
not only for this game, but going forward. You know, the defense, even if they have a hiccup today against a really good passing offense, they're still good. They're still a concept. They're still the same. I mean, even the 85 Bears gave up 28 points to the Buccaneers in the first Easy half alone. Easy on me, baby. Defense of all time. That's the only time so, I got booed that year. We're going into <laughs> halftime getting our butt kicked like that. And they ended up being one of the best defenses of all time. So the defense is always a constant. I think that'll be, even if they're not good today, I think they're going to be good. The focus is definitely on the offense against a 31st-ranked uh, uh, defense and one that other teams have, have moved the ball against. And, and the Bears have kind of, I think they've lightened the load uh, mentally, if not physically, on Mitch Trubisky. I think this is the opportunity for him to at least at least give a little bit of an indication that he, that he is the quarterback they think he's going to be. Well, I can tell you didn't get hit in the head enough if you, if you, if you didn't forget that first Tampa game. Ooh, that was like a stab in my ribs right there. Thank you, brother. But when are you going to prognosticate they're going to start running some bootleg and sprint out with this kid? Well, I, you know, I think that could actually happen today. Mm. I, I, think, I, think, I think using Mitch Trubisky the way he is best used, which is, you know, by, by moving the pocket, yes. letting him throw on the run. He was, last year he was very accurate on the run. I think that's his strength. I think that's part of the simplification is getting back to what Mitch does best instead of overloading him with knowing this entire offense in the first three or four weeks. So, uh, so I, I, again, I just think that they're going to make it a lot easier for Mitch and give him the best chance. I think we're going to get a good indication of just you know just how well he does the simple things. So, you know, like they, like uh, Mark Halford said, just just make the layups. That's all he's got to do today. You know, and Mark, one of the things too, I know there's been so much talk about Mitchell and moving the ball and passing the ball and all the other things, but you've got a guy like Jordan Howard in the backfield. He's got 53 carries for 178 yards, a 3.4 average, only four of his rushes for 10 yards or more. How how tough is the balance of trying to get the running game going and trying to get Mitchell going? I think it's been very difficult. Uh, I think you know the uh, uh, Jordan Howard running the ball is part and parcel of this offense, and Mitch Trubisky being as good as they can be. And frankly, they just haven't done it as well. They've been real hot and cold. One of the one of the problems last year with both Tariq Cohen and Howard was they had so many negative runs that it was just short circuiting the offense. And we thought that that would be something that would be uh, rectified under Matt Nagy. And so far, frankly, it hasn't. Uh, they've had a you know like you know four or five runs of ten yards or more. Last year they had like eight or ten at this time last year, and they have the same amount of negative uh, or, or three yards or runs of three yards or less. So they have not improved that part. Um, I'm not sure if that's an offensive line issue, or I think it's I think it's mostly an offense. I really think the entire problem with the offense is that Matt Nagy was actually proud of the fact that they were not spoon feeding the, their players this offense. They were giving them every bit of the offense uh, at the beginning, and I think they've realized that they just can't they they just can't handle that. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's just not mature enough as an offense with too many moving parts and new moving parts to really do that. The boys, there's only been a few guys running backs in the history of pro football. The play can start out there running east and west, sideways. You know, Barry Sanders was one of them. Howard is not Barry Sanders. Howard is a north-south runner, and every play they start with him, he should be moving upfield, not sideways. And I've seen too many times they hand it off to him, and he's going sideways. Did the, did the again, light bulb just go off? Well, you know something. I think that's I think that's a really good point because there, uh, it just seems like this offense is out of sync, and players aren't being used. Uh, to their maximum efficiency, I think it's a great example because Howard, like you said, 
uh, Howard up the middle is that's that's where he gets that's where he kind of makes his money, and I think I think that's been missing. So I guess it's it's going to be interesting to see because I'll be honest, I don't know enough about the X's and O's to see exactly what they have to do, but it'll be interesting to see if if they if part of the simplification is is also in the running game and just getting the most out of Jordan Howard. I, I just think that's right now that's I think that's just the best way for the Bears to go. Mark is going into the game. You got a nice piece today in the Sun Sun Times about who's replacing uh, Prince Mukamara. He's out. Uh, Kevin Tolliver's in. I think everybody remembered when Tolliver first came into the game last week, including Arizona, uh, as they were able to take advantage of it right away. But Tolliver seems like a kid who definitely has a lot of confidence coming in. Yeah, he is. You know, he was. Uh, uh, he's your uh, very typical quarterback, uh, uh, just as a football player. Very confident, and uh, he's got some great athletic skills. Looks like he could be a player. You know, he was once like one of the top ten recruits in the country as a high school senior. Uh, had an up and down career at LSU, but certainly flashed and showed that he could be a, a really uh, productive player. And uh, and this is here's the I think this is the most important point for him is that he's in a defense that's going to allow him to kind of make mistakes because this defense. He, uh, this defense can kind of cover up for that. This kid can play his game. He's a very physical player. Uh, he, he, he takes a lot of chances, and I, and I think he's got an opportunity to kind of show what he can do today instead of just kind of dipping his toes in the water and playing it safe. I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, last week was a little different story because it was kind of on, on the fly. Now he's had a week of preparation, and Vic Fangio has had a week to prepare to make sure that, they, that he covers for him and, and, and they can kind of protect him a little bit. I think that's going to give Tolliver a, a good chance to kind of show what he can do because it's a huge test of the Bears' uh, back, uh, defensive backfield depth. Well, I just hope that double move doesn't take the hunter and gather at him like it did Fuller for a couple of years. You know, before he finally well, started and, getting aggressive again last year, are we yeah, gonna have some trouble? And, and for this kid, I don't think it will. I think you know when they say you know it's a, that's what he said. It's a learning experience. He, I think he learned. I think that's really the key with a kid like Tolliver is he's got all the physical skills. How quickly does he learn? You know how it is. You make you get burned once. That, that that's that's one thing. But if you keep making the same mistake, that's when you got a problem. I think this kid. It looks like he has the ability to, uh, you know, to to be pretty productive, but only if he can learn from his mistakes. And that's why this week will be pretty important for him. If for some reason uh, he's got to go out of the game or Fuller or has to go out, is McManus the next guy up? Uh, I think that's probably their best option. Uh, you know, McManus has usually been tried. I think they would have to maybe they'd have to move some pieces. Uh, Bryce Callahan might move outside and then okay. he'd move inside. But uh, McManus is his, his uh, most of his NFL experience has been uh, as a as a slot cornerback. So I think uh, I think that. But but again, he he was productive last week, and and in the, this defense is making heroes out of guys who weren't have not, have not been heroes. We've seen that already. So I think uh, a veteran like McManus is more than capable of handling it in this defense. Wow, that just shows you at the circus you're losing money. You bring on one act and everybody wants to see a full house now. <laughs> Thank you, Khalil Mack. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and it, yeah. it kind of leads to what, you know, when, when Fangio said that Mack doesn't have a, a prima donna bone in his body. And, you know, when the rest of the players see, you know, this guy come in, work hard, despite the fact that he's the highest paid defensive player, maybe it rubs off on some of these other guys. I, I don't think there's any question. I think I didn't know that much about Khalil Mack personally. I just knew what he did, had done in the league. But the impact he's had on this team, on and off the field, has just been tremendous. When the Bears made this deal, uh, we you know we, we always said we said that 
you know, you'll never top Reggie White, the impact he had on the Packers. That will, as a, as a, as a great defensive player changing teams, that no one will ever match that. And I still think that's probably true. But Khalil Mack is coming already in three games, is already coming a lot closer than, than I ever thought he, he would of just changing the entire tenor of an already good defense. That's why there's so much hope that this defense can not only be uh, you know, a top ten, but, but an elite one of the top defenses uh, uh, you know, that the Bears have ever had. That's, that's, a, number two. that's one of the great similarities I've ever heard anybody say. <laughs> Khalil Mack coming here, relating it to how Reggie went to the Green Bay Packers. Uh-huh. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and and you, you look at it, uh, Mongo was saying this when he came in, because we got here early. Mongo was here like a little after 8 o'clock, and he said that the crowd was already gathering around Soldier Field. The Bears fans are excited. Two wins. You see what happens. Khalil Mack, defense. Have you noticed this, too? I mean, I know, you know, you're up at Hallis Hall most of the time, but have you noticed it from the people that are sending you emails and stuff like that, the excitement that it just a couple of games into the season has really just turned some Bears fans around? Oh, absolutely. You know, people are so hungry for this. You just think, I mean, it's been five years since they've won three in a row. They still haven't done it. But, you know, this fandom, you know, it's the, big, it's the best fandom in town. Uh, it's the biggest fandom in town. And people are so hungry for a winner, for a Bears winner, that they will just latch on to any hope at all, uh, even when it's like, even when it's kind of fool's gold like we've seen in the past. So uh, this looks a little more real, and there's no doubt. You can just tell by even just driving in, uh, it was a little t- The traffic was a little heavier a little earlier, yep. and that's always a sign of excitement uh, about the Bears because people want to get here, they want to enjoy it, and they are ready. People are ready to really kind of celebrate this team being good again. A little early to say they're going to be that, but be there. But I think the indications are are much better than they've been in the past. Well, this is how bad it is. They're the last team in the league that has done it since the last time they've done it went three in a row. That's how bad it is. There's and so and the other thing about it, Mongo, is that there have been so many times where we've been fooled, where it's looked like yeah. they played a good game. You think they're going to be good, and then and especially against Tampa Bay, I think it was last year, or two years ago, when they had just come off a good game against the Vikings. It, I think they had a bye week. Everything, all the momentum looked like it was their way, and they totally crapped out. I think that's when Conti had the interception early at Cutler, and, and it, that was the that was typical of everything we've seen since the Lovey era kind of dissipated uh, after 2010. And, uh, and so, I, so I, think, uh, I think that even whets people's appetite for, for success even more is that the possibility that what they're seeing now might be real. Well, see, that's the worst thing you can do to people is fool them. <laughs> that's how my first wife lost her scholarship, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, we appreciate it as always. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the game. Fred Mongo, thanks for having me on, and uh, enjoy you, the game. Thank you, baby. Uh, Mark Potash from the Sun-Times. The Sun-Times doing a great job. You've got Mark Potash, you have Patrick Finley, you have Adam Johns, and Patrick Finley tweeted something this morning that I found interesting. We've just been talking about it. The Bears have not started 3-1 since 2013. That's also the last time they've won three in a row. It's five years ago. Nine of the team's 11 defensive starters that were on that team five years ago out of football. Mm-hmm. Out of not out of playing, so, <laughs> not playing out. somewhere else. Out of football. Wow. So that that tells you a little bit. When Vic Fangio got here, you remember Vic I remember Fang- him what he said. I ain't got nobody. <laughs> I got nobody. So people people told me that new Vic Fangio, when he got the job here as the defensive coordinator, he came here thinking it was bad. 
he got here and realized he couldn't have imagined it was as bad as it was. We have nobody. Yeah, nine of the eleven defensive stuff. And that's, not that they'd been undercoached. No, well, not that they were playing in the wrong system. Nobody. Yeah. Well, here's the biggest problem, and I think we talked about this. You know, as time was going on, the Bears seemed to stay with guys longer than they had to. You know why? Because they ain't paying them. And well. And get rid of him. You're going to have to pay through the teeth yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. you you got to know the McCaskies, my friend. They kept guys a little bit longer. They kept, I, huh. you know, for a while there, people thought they kept Tillman a little bit longer. He did go to Carolina. It shocked me when they cut Lovey going 10-6. I, I know. Shocked me. Yeah, I know. But I, I thought that was an interesting stat that Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times sent out a little bit earlier. That Khalil Mack, everyone's been talking about it, uh, you know, a sack and a forced fumble in each of the first three games. Well, that's the same play. He's the, he's, the, he's the first player to do this, get a sack and you a know, forced fumble. You know, people, when you run back there and slap the ball out of the quarterback's hands, that's a sack. Yeah. I know, and, and a, force, a forced but fumble. He did, but he didn't do it in all of them. Well, no, he didn't do it in all of them. He'd have three of them. No, you know what? They don't count that as a sack all the time. <laughs> they sure do. I'm pretty sure they don't. If you dock the ball out of the player's hands. Player, I'm talking about the quarterback's hands yeah. standing in the pocket. Before he throws the ball, you slap it out of his hands. That's a sack. Then why would it be? I know I've gotten some of them. Okay. Maybe you can get both. Maybe you can sack a guy yes. and force the fumble. Yes. But if he's still standing upright, you didn't sack him. You just forced no, the fumble. No, it's a sack. You're sure? Okay. We'll double check that. Yeah, double check it. But it says here that he's the first player to do this since 2016. Get a sack and a forced fumble in all three in the first three games. Wow. The last person to do it was him in 2016. Was him. Yeah. Was him in 2016. He was the last person to do it. So You know how difficult that is rushing from the... You, know, you ain't on the quarterback's blind side if he's right. right-handed. Yeah. Because, you know, running up... By, Richard used to do it all the time. Oh, yeah. Swoop in the back shoulder and slap down and the ball comes out because he didn't see you coming. But they see him coming. They, they definitely see him coming. He's right in their, right in their face. So, uh, I mentioned Sherrick McManus when we were talking to Mark Potash. And McManus came in, he played five defensive plays last week. He had a sack, he had an interception, and he's a special teams guy that played in Northwestern. I don't know if you remember the punt. I thought Patrick O'Donnell output, outkicked his coverage. And that can happen. Guys can get nice returns. And, and all that of a sudden, space in between them, yeah. And all of a sudden, there was one guy in the Bears coming down to make the tackle. It was Sherrick McManus. He had a monster game in Arizona last week. And it was nice to see, for a guy that rarely gets a chance to play defense, he had the sack to end the game. Oh. He had the interception also. It was nice to see a guy that works his Look, tail off on special teams getting a chance. It's why there's a Pro Bowl vote for special teams. Yep. Because that is a third of the game, yeah. maybe. Well, it is. I still complain on a daily basis watching NFL. There were there were a couple last week. Uh, Tariq Cohen didn't do it. Catch a fair catch a punt inside the ten. He didn't do it. He caught one at the ten, I think, last week. But teams around the NFL are still doing it. Not only are they fair catching punts inside the ten, but they're returning kickoffs that are into the end zone yeah. and getting out to the twenty, and then getting a ten yard penalty. Right. For a black in the back. Fred, this is how I've overlooked rulings on special teams. Yesterday, I saw guys fair catching kickoffs. That's a new rule in college. You can do that. They fair catch it, and then they put it up there 
Or if they'd have caught it in the end zone. I know. But they're fair catching it in, in field of play. I know. I say, oh, my God. It's a new rule. And look. It's a, one I, of the dumber things I've I ever heard. I see this, too. Yeah. The guy standing on the goal line and the ball's over his head. It's like he, he, he throws his hands up. And it doesn't matter if the ball hits in behind him in the end zone and it stays in the end zone. Because that used to be a still a live ball. It used to be. They changed that rule, too. So Now, once it hits in the end zone, it's yeah, dead. See? Yeah. They keep changing rules. My God. You got you got to read them on a well, daily basis. That's the the college I feel rule. Like I feel like Donovan McNabb. The, <laughs> <laughs> the college rule I think is stupid. You can fair catch a kickoff and you get it at was like the 25, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a what's the point? Now you They should just take kickoffs out of Yes, they the should. Yes, just they put should. Put the ball on the 25-yard line put and the get ball it. To, put the ball to 25. That's why, when and you'll see it today. You watch football today, you'll see a guy catch the ball three yards sure. deep in the end zone. He'll run it out to the 18, and then there'll be a flag oh. hit in the back. They'll start at the 9. Of course. That would have kept the next bear that's going into the Hall of Fame out of it, oh, Devin Hester, wouldn't it? Well, you know what? They didn't have all those rules then. And plus, well, that's what I said. Yeah, I know. There were them rules in place. Devin Hester wouldn't be going into the Hall of Fame. They didn't, yeah. They didn't have those rules. Now they do, and it just, it doesn't make any sense. They're giving you a quarter of the field if you just take a knee in the end zone if you, or let the ball go. I'm talking about. I know. You catch the ball at the, you fair catch a kickoff at the one yard line, you get it at the 25. Yeah. In college. That makes no yeah. sense to me. In the pros, you don't. and Which is why, and the Patriots were ahead of the game. The Patriots started doing that where they were kicking short. Yeah. Because when you kick short, you have to return it. And the odds are you're not going to get it on a pop-up kick. You're not going to get it out to the 25. No. So why kick it in the end zone and give it to them at the 25 when you can pop it up yeah. and get down there and tackle it? Or squib else? kick it down there and make them shuffle around exactly. far for a while. Exactly. And wow. We have not seen the Bears do that on their special teams yet. So we'll... We'll keep an eye well, on we that. we got a kid with a good leg. He kicks it in the end zone. He does. He does. But he missed a 46-yard field goal. Doesn't that bother you? I mean, that bothered the hell out of me. Right. <laughs> he was Make bad it, enough that Trubisky took the And how much money did you say he was making? I think he's making $9 mil. Oh, I'll, I'll double oh. check. I know they signed him for a couple-year oh. deal. Right. Yeah. Nine million? Let's see. I, you know, I could be wrong. You never know. That's more than I made my whole career. Uh, no, here's, what, here's what it was. Uh, March of this year, Cody Parkey leaves the Miami Dolphins for a $15 million contract. Uh, $9 million guaranteed. So, he's got a four-year. I know one even at Soldier Field, he missed that. No, I know, it was in Arizona. Ooh, the dome was closed. A dome. A dome. And you think, oh, this is the hardest place to kick in the league here, maybe the way that wind squirrels. Uh-huh. Just wait till today. Everybody it's don't probably... realize uh, how good... Kevin Butler and Robbie Gold were my friend. Yeah. Until you get another kicker in here. Hoo-hoo. Listen to these numbers. This is when it happened back in March, okay? Cody Parkey got a four-year, $15 million deal with the Bears, $9 million guaranteed. Parkey had a base salary of 690000 last year. So he went from 690000 to $9 million guaranteed. He was tied for 22nd Wait, among kickers. A kicker gets $9 million guaranteed. Yeah, well, it's a four-year oh deal. Oh, my God. So, but he, it's a four-year deal, but he still gets nine mil guaranteed. So he can be cut, and the guaranteed money is still guaranteed, right? Six kickers currently have contracts worth more than $15 million, but only two have more than $9 million guaranteed. So basically, he got the third highest paid contract of guaranteed money for a you kicker. You go down to Mexico right now, the kid's been playing soccer all his life, find a kicker. Amazing to me. But then Donald Trump's going to say illegal alien and kick him out of the country, right? Well, you know, there there are kids that came up here no. legally and then were able no. to 
You know why he couldn't? Because that, that money he's making up here playing pro football is reported and he's paying taxes on it. The IRS ain't going to let him leave. Steve Michael McMichael, me, I'm Fred Huber. We come back, we'll preview a couple of the NFC North games coming up later on today. One of the teams already played. They lost the Vikings on Thursday night against the Rams. A couple more games coming up today. We'll look at those when we come back. It's Mongo and Fred here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Uh, welcome back in. Mongo and Fred here on ESPN 1000. And uh, each and every week we take a look at uh, the other things that have happened in uh, the division, the Bears division, the NFC. The one they're number North. one in right yes, now? Yes, the one that they lead the pack in. I am just a glow. <laughs> They lead the pack in. Uh, Vikings played earlier this week. Vikings at Rams. Now, the Vikings were unable to uh, to stop a Jared Goff, but they did have some highlights of their own. Cousins back to pass again. Looks right, shakes the shoulders. Fires over the middle, caught Thielen. 2015 into the end zone. Touchdown! 45-yard touchdown. To Adam Thielen, and it's 31 26 Rams. Yeah, highlights courtesy uh, of KFAN. But why, uh, Fred? Minnesota comes why out. Why do you mess with that chemistry you had last year? Now, Kirk Cousins is playing good. Yeah. But are they winning? Uh, no. Uh, no. No. Four games, but they've won one. That's why chemistry is more important than one guy. Yeah. Well, they paid him a ton, too. Uh, well, you, but you understand what I'm yeah, saying? I do. They had, the Keenum had them going. Yep. With you know the incongruency with that defense, yeah, Kirk Cousins and that defense are so far apart right now. They don't know what's happening. So right now the Vikings are one, two, and one, and they're sitting there watching the rest of the division, including a game in Green Bay today. Bills at Packers. Ah, uh, the Buffalo Bills are one and two. Uh, they have won um, just once as a 17-point underdog as they come in against Minnesota. They, they were 17 blew point about Minnesota. And you know what? Why? Kirk Cousins fumbles. Kirk Cousins fumbled, interception. All of a sudden, next thing you know, the game's uh, out of hand. See, it was, that symbiotic relationship I, I just know. talked about. Case Keenum didn't turn the ball over, baby. No. It was a 17-point game five minutes in. Josh Allen for Buffalo making his third career start. The last quarterback with three or fewer starts to win at Green Bay. This is funny. The last quarterback uh-uh. with three or fewer starts to win at Green Bay was 1999, Cade McNown. Wow. <laughs> the last quarterback with three or See, fewer starts to go to Green Bay. That's what happens when you're underestimated because they don't think you can do nothing. Yeah. And, and it's approved out he couldn't. Well. <laughs> but he got a win in Green Bay. Uh, Josh Allen completed 56% of his passes this past week. But that's not all on him. Uh, he's had 11% of his attempts dropped by receivers. As for Green Bay, uh, in uh, the last game against the Bills, Aaron Rodgers completed 41% of his passes. The lowest single game completion percentage of his career. But then again, that was like four years ago. So it's been a while since they played Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers has been pressured on 31% of his dropbacks despite being blitzed just 19% of the time. Is there something wrong with a guy like Aaron Rodgers on one leg and he only gets blitzed 19% of the time? If you blitz him, he knows where to throw the ball before the play starts, Fred. You know, it's it's kind of 
we cursed ourselves that first game. You know, yeah. it was he was holding the ball for over four seconds the first half. After he got his leg hurt, it was getting out under three. Yeah, and, and it, it worked better. So blitzing doesn't help. A guy like him. Yeah, you know, we thought we was going to blitz Marino down in in uh, Miami. What happened? Yeah. That's already twice today. We brought up bad things yeah. that happened. In you remember class. that thirty for thirty? Yeah. And Buddy Ryan told Jim Cover, "We're gonna blitz you, boy." Yeah. And if you do, and Jimbo told him, "If you do that, he's gonna kill you." And he did. Uh, Packers, by the way, have allowed seventy-one percent of passes to wide receivers to be completed this year, the seventh worst in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, though, is yet to throw an interception this season. Wow. Yeah, and Mike McCarthy talks about that Buffalo Bills defense coming to town that did a job on Minnesota last week. I think schematically it's, it's more McDermott. Um, you know, but I think you could see the, the fundamentals of, of Leslie. Uh, you know, I, I always felt Leslie really had his teams playing at a high level, uh, you know, as far as pursuit and, the, you know, the, and finish. Uh, you, you could definitely see that. But schematically, I, I tilt it more towards Carolina. Okay, so what's the challenge then with what? McDermott's defenses, but this, you know, kind of what's kind of the hallmark of what he does that challenges. Well, it's, it's early in the season, uh, so I mean, I, I think like anything, you know, we we always prepare for the unscouted looks mode. Uh, you, you'll you'll see that again uh, Sunday, uh, but you know they're coming off of a very productive game in Minnesota where their pressure went up uh, compared to the first two weeks. So, you know, that's obviously a possibility. See, he was talking about your former teammate Leslie Frazier. Defensive coordinator of Buffalo. Well, Leslie, you know everybody don't realize how good he was. He was our lockdown corner before uh-huh. he blew out it. You know the reverse yep. punt. We're winning thirty <laughs> to nothing, and they're going to run a reverse punt with our lockdown corner, and he blows his knee out, never plays again. Boy, that, that wasn't good because right? he would have been all pro that sure next year. Yeah, you know how that works. Yeah, it's same thing with me. Yep. Uh, next year, I was voted to the Pro Bowl. He would have been on all, and so that mean that mean I played with nine all pros on that defense. Yep, pretty never, good, huh? There never been another defense like that because the salary cap. Yeah, you can't afford to keep four of them now. No, no, you can't. Uh, another game going on in the NFC North. The Lions are busy. Lions at Cowboys. They go down to Dallas, and finally it happened. Rookie running back Carry yep. On Johnson ran for 101 yards last week. It snapped a streak of 70 games without a 100-yard rusher. 70. I can't believe that. <laughs> that 70 that games. That is supernatural is yeah, what that is. It is. Uh, Matthew Stafford has been pressured a league-low 18% of his dropbacks. He's been sacked just three times, fewest among quarterbacks to start all three games. Uh, Lions have scored a touchdown on three of their 10 red zone drives, the worst red zone efficiency in the NFL. They get to the well, red zone, they can't score, which is funny because Atlanta has problems in the red zone, the Niners have problems, and the Bears are only 4 out of 10 in the red yeah. zone. Well, no 100-yard rushers in all these years bespeaks how many comebacks Stafford has had in his right. you know, like 30-something sure. comeback. You ain't running the ball when you got a comeback. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah, Matthew Stafford talks about going up against the Dallas defense. You guys are doing a good job um, up front, so you know this will be a big challenge for us this week, Dallas. They get off the rock. They, you know, they pride themselves on getting after quarterbacks and hitting them. So um, we'll have a big challenge, and that's everybody involved. You know, it's offensive line, it's backs, it's tight ends, it's guys winning on routes, it's me getting the ball out on time. All that you know ties into this. Boy, that was a, that was as much of a stock answer as you'll ever get, hear. Get ready in there, because anybody that says that oh, they pride themselves on hitting a quarterback is a moron now. <laughs> Oh, he dinged it right there. Yeah. Out of boy, but you know there what I mean? Go. Oh, I'm going to hit the quarterback. Penalty. 
penalty. Yeah. Can't hit the quarterback. No, ain't I'll pride can't. myself hitting a quarterback where you're a moron. Cowboys are averaging 13.7 points per game. That's the second fewest in the league ahead of only the 0-3 uh, Arizona Cardinals. Dak Prescott, remember him? Oh, why didn't the Bears draft him? He was there in fourth round. He's thrown for fewer than 200 yards in five well, straight games. And you said earlier why Dallas is struggling. Well, if you want to run the old college option, Dak's your man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> but also, they got no receivers. Does Bryant's hanging around well, somewhere. What do you think they should do with Dak? Getting a shotgun option yeah. and let him run around the corner if he don't hang it up, hand it off to Zeke and hope he stays healthy. Right. Because if, if, if you're going to make him a drop back passer, which means you're going to try to keep him healthier, so what? Yeah. You lose. Fewer than 200 yards passing in five straight games. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. And uh, the Cowboys have won six of the last nine meetings with the Lions. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out. That is a, a noon kickoff also see, for the Lions that, and I, the Cowboys. I've told you over and over again, the, the problem you have when your quarterback is not a franchise quarterback, he's just a game manager, is if you've got a, a head coach that used to be a quarterback in his life. Uh-huh. What do you think? They're, they're going to throw the ball on third and one, just like Nagy did. Right. Yeah. Come on. Doesn't everybody understand that? Oh, that, that that head coach used to be a quarterback. He's going to schematic up and call the plays. Let's go down the field. And if you've got a guy that can't do that, you're going to lose. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mentioned the red zone, and we come back to the Bears and uh, the Bucks. The Bears, I had these numbers from earlier in the week that I put up together. Through three games, Bears are 4 for 10, scoring touchdowns to the red zone, a 40% clip. 31st in the NFL, and we found out that the Lions are the only team worse than them. And See, Fred. Nagy talks about improving the red zone issues. You love those nuggets, don't you? Man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you got to love, love those. Uh, Nagy talks about trying to improve that red zone offense. I think for, for, for me, anytime you're not scoring touchdowns, uh, when you get down there in there tight, uh, or you're just in the red zone, you always got to start with yourself and figure out where you're at. And so, um, again, we are as a staff trying to hammer through each week, okay, what are we looking at coverage-wise? What are we looking at front stunt-wise, blitz-wise? And then we try to tie what we think works best. And um, then for the players comes the adjustments and the, ad, you know, the, the, the adaptations to whatever we see that might be a little bit different from anything we saw schematically. So, um, again, if we just try to get good at doing what we do, and then that, I think that helps the reactionary side of our players reacting to different things that we might see. But for the most part, we're not going to. We, we, we just we, we keep, keep rolling with studying the tape. And, um, you know, at some point you hope it's the law of averages. <laughs> you know, you get a little better. Please get physical. Uh-huh. Get, you know. In the red zone. Isn't that what he said before uh, when he got this job and at, at the mic? Brand new head coach. We're going to get physical. Yeah. Well. Schematics down in the red zone ain't physical, no. Fred. No, it's not. You physical as you got a bunch of shaved Sasquatches as your offensive lineman, and you're going to give the ball to Howard going north and south. Yeah, that would be good. Physical. Yeah. Please do that. That would be really good if they did that. Uh, got the ball and moved it north and uh, south. In the red zone. Uh huh. Physical. Yep. Um, let's see if we have any other sound that I want to play from. Uh, I love Matt hearing Nagy. from him because yeah. he's still learning too. Yeah, we heard uh, he talked about playing ta- about playing Tampa this week, but he talked about the impact 
that, uh, you know, him being an assistant coach with Andy Reid and how Andy Reid and the Chiefs had success, he talked about how Reid showed how to handle uh, some success in the NFL. One of the things that I thought was so great about Coach Reid during those streaks was that he, he never let anybody slide. There was zero complacency from coaches down to players. It, it didn't matter. And so there was no, never looking ahead. You don't look ahead to a bye week. You don't look ahead to a division opponent. You worry about who's up right now. And and then, you know, you need to also make sure that you have a pulse of your team and, and know physically where they at, where they at mentally, and then explaining to them that details matter. So he's just a, he's a master at that. And uh, it works. So that's what I've come from. I've learned that, and I'm trying to get to that point uh, in this. And so to the players, what I'm explaining to them is just that we haven't done anything. I mean, we're, we're two and one. We're three games into the year. We're two and one. It's a, it's, this could go so many different ways. We can't control that. What we can control is week four. And that actually is the way to look at it. The media and the fans, they can look ahead. When you as a player, you can never look ahead. No. you got one one job to do, and that's the next week. The one word that he didn't say in all that is called accountability. Uh Uh-huh. That's each individual guy, what they're accountable for on every play they're in there. Not for the game. Every play. It's kind of what Belichick says in New England. Do your job. Right. That's being accountable. And that's what you got to hold guys to when you're a head coach. Not, oh, go out there and play as hard as you can. And, ooh, that surprised me you were good. Uh-huh. No, you expect them to do that job. You're accountable. And if you're not, next up, bye, get out. Yeah. You don't get to play here no more. Did you see, it was two weeks ago, I think, in the Patriots game, when Tom Brady was sitting on the sideline, just screaming at the top of his lungs, no, do, do your, your job. job. And then when they didn't, he come back to the sideline before the game was over, threw his helmet up in the air. Yeah. Look, but but is, is him being accountable, doing his job, is just throwing it up over the middle like he's doing no, now? No. I've never seen him do that. He's thrown more. Uh, his his passes. You know, like a punt. Yeah. His pat more. Fred, I told you he don't care no more. His passes have been more inaccurate than I want to say. He's the most inaccurate passer in the NFL right I now. I told you it don't matter to him no more now. Yeah. Now what Belichick showed him last, you know, not playing Butler in the, in the Super Bowl cost him his legend and his mind six Super Bowl rings, and then he ain't letting his little personal trainer on the sideline. Boy, that's how that's how to make a little mad. <laughs> he made him a little upset. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> We come back. We'll wrap things up. Bears and Bucks, top of the hour. We've been talking about it right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, the Bears and the Bucks. Bears trying to improve to 3-1. and one. Bucks are trying to do the same thing. Steve Michael McMichael, me, I'm Fred Hubner, and we've been talking throughout the course of the show about the game today. Let's play um, a sound from uh, one of the best uh, defensive players in the league, probably the best defensive player in the league. He still has not won the Defensive Player of the Week award, though. Michael well, it, Jordan lost that out many a game to Scottie <laughs> Pippen, and yeah. it wasn't true. Oh, and Scotty earlier this week saying he was LeBron James before LeBron James. Oh my uh, God, Scotty's got to calm down just a little bit. I'm sorry. You know what? Ha- you know what happened that uh, the year uh, Michael went and played baseball, don't you? Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. Bubkus. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Khalil Mack talks about um, what's going to happen if is it if it's Jameis Winston or if it's 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, is it going to be much of a difference? Ah, the skill set difference is strangely kind of like the same in a sense, but uh, you can see the the, the experience uh, on Fitzpatrick, uh, his control at the line of scrimmage. Um, James, I played against him two years ago, I feel like, you know, but he has some of the same potentials, and so uh, it's going to be, it's kind of different, but it's still similar in a, in, a, in a weird way to me, only being a defensive guy, and so, uh, but yeah, we'll see when we play. Yeah, we'll see. He sounds like he's ready to go. He said the defense is still getting better. I mean, you can say it's special, but we're still trying to get better every week. Uh, there's still things we need to work on defensively. Uh, yeah, you see the growth. But, um, I mean, I'm still mad about certain plays that I gave up last week. That's the kind of mindset we have in this locker room. And um, this one, that, that's that's the thing that's most special to me. Uh, and I'm glad that we were able to fight through the rest of the last week. It showed a lot. But uh, this is a new week, and uh, we're ready for the next challenge. That's got to make you feel good, what he said You know what made me feel good? We'll see. That was my... <laughs> Answer to everything somebody come up want to tell me. Oh, well, they're good. They're yeah. going to do this. They're going to. I go. We'll see. Uh huh. We'll see. Yeah, I like mm. when a guy like Khalil Mack says, "Listen, I'm still mad about plays that I let up." I'm still. Let go. I'm still mad about the handful of plays I let up on in my career. <laughs> sure. First in my mind. Yeah. You know, that's a glass half full. Brain damage might become. I want to forget that. Sure, and people don't. People you don't, don't ever. No, never. I, no, you always remember the. That's what motivates you. Yeah, you always not remember to do the that bad again. things. Yeah, you always remember the bad things. You don't remember the good. See, ones. That's why I like him. He when he come here, I want to. I want to be known as the best of all time. They ain't wondering about money. No, and what he just said there. The plays, you know, all the the myriad of great plays he's ever made. He wasn't talking about them. No. He's talking about the few that still drive him. Yeah. We got us some here, guys. Yeah, the other guy that uh, hopefully will develop along with this defense is Roquan Smith. And he says the same thing. This defense is just going to get better. I think uh, some of it's coming natural. I think we're still um, gelling together. So I think it can only, you know, elevate from here. And, um, yeah, we're just, you know. Plan, you know, playing Chicago style of defense. Are you surprised? Are you surprised at all how dominant this defense has been? Oh well, no, we got a lot of pieces on the defense, but uh, I feel like we're just just getting started. So I feel like there's a lot of more potential. See, he wasn't going to say uh, he's not surprised by that. Well, he said I've are. got a lot of potential. I ain't showed yet. Yeah, no, I think he said we didn't he? Well, of course he said we. Yeah, he's he's got we. a frog in his pocket. He didn't say I. So you're going. You're going to Mongos, right? I'm going to Mongos and enjoy. You know, I love it when they win. Oh yeah, because I ain't there by myself. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Steve Michael McMichael, me. I'm Fred Hubner. Thanks a lot to Felix Reyes for all of his help. Thanks for listening on ESPN 1000.